0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold, coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr.
1: Zong!
0: Don't be. This ain't no home. We knew when we got here, they tried to put us away. But when they see us walk down the street, they ran the other way. You
2: know.
1: Doesn't matter what kind of mood I'm in, that song gets me amped every time. Welcome to Silver and Gold, the softest side of silver and gold. I'm the loaf, and with me, softy Mr. Dr. Zong.
3: Soft like a turd.
1: Soft like a floppy Play-Doh turd, yeah. Hard like a pecker. One where you gotta wipe 13 times,
3: Ugh! Don't even say that. That hits too close to home
1: uh this week we got some uh I, i'm gonna change it it was bald jerks you know these guys are really more bald creeps in these movies <laughs>
2: yeah
1: and what's his name wasn't even that bald yeah neither one of them really were they were yeah. yeah yeah balding balding creeps we've updated yeah, they our, are now we yeah we're, we're double we're we're uh or uh god damn it this is not starting off well we're renaming the double balding creeps double feature you heard it here first. Fortress. You heard it here first. Fortress 1992. Scanners 1981. I got my mask on. I got my incense lit. I'm twisting the mustache, baby. We're going to talk some shit. How are you, sir?
3: I'm great. It was the day off uh, that um, I woke up out of a dead sleep. Uh, and I felt like there was a small train running through my intestine. <laughs> so it was a good day to watch movies uh, uh, in, in between the cramping.
1: Yeah, I, um, I had some. I had some uh, definite uh, heat in the lower regions of the uh, <laughs> intestinal tract today, and um, decided in, <laughs> instead of. Uh Dealing with that, I would just eat six pounds of nachos. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow, that was a mistake so um yeah it's been a pretty uh shit weekend. It's
3: uh, see <laughs> so you going through the fucking taco Bell drive-through with your goddamn intelligent sensational destroyer mask on, and they say, "Can I help you?" and you're like, "I want six pounds of nachos."
1: <laughs> it wasn't even it was, it was Moe's nachos. This had sour oh. cream, jalapenos, fucking sa- uh two kinds of salsa, queso dip. oh my God, this fucking thing. They
3: should merge with a Chinese restaurant. And they could be homos.
1: Speaking of merging with Chinese, stay tuned oh, I you were for next say, I I was, Speaking uh, of merging with homos.
3: Yeah. yeah. Speaking of merging with homos, after I ate that six pounds of nachos, sucked some cock. <laughs> <laughs> they had, the, the nachos had bukkake all over them.
1: <laughs> so yesterday, why do
3: women love for guys to come in their mouth and all over their face so every, much?
1: I, every woman seems to like that. It's really. I always weird. wanted
3: to ask you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the uh, a, a near vital system at work went um, had a planned outage yesterday. So mm-hmm. it is a holiday weekend, and it, right in the middle of the day, they decide it's a good idea to take down the system that keeps track of our inventory and allows us to ring out certain credit card transactions. Yay! Yeah. So uh, the, half my day at work, or more than half, was. Uh, um actually doing the old-fashioned credit card machine
3: oh the chuk, chuk. Oh yeah. oh my
1: god it was fucking a nightmare so i was not uh, nobody was happy yesterday there was some, you, the only time you saw anybody smile yesterday was when like oh i get to leave see ya <laughs>
3: chuk-chuk
1: um so yeah so um how was your week? Did you do anything special? did you watch it? Would you watch any movies
3: Oh, okay well let's uh, let's do this movie watching thing. Well, you know, I think I thought I watched more than I did, uh, which I expressed to you several times uh, <laughs> before the show started as I was making my list. but I think one of the reasons uh that that was the case is I watched a bunch of episodes of Avengers. Earth's Mightiest Heroes on nice. Netflix Instant. Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, you know, it's not like, um, oh, uh, Frank Miller's you know Return of the Dark Knight or whatever. Uh, it's pretty straight up Marvel. Um, uh, um, uh, I mean, pretty pretty good adaptation of their stuff to uh, a comic format. Because one thing is they show they have a lot of um uh villains and a lot of characters. They they do fuck around with the the Nick Fury thing since uh Marvel decided that Nick Fury had to be Samuel L. Jackson. Uh so now it's funny in the movies, um uh, because um Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury uh did not that He wasn't the leader of the Howling Commandos, like Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Dum-Dum Dugan as the head of the Howling Commandos in the, in the Captain America movie. And um, so to even fuck it up even more, <laughs> they <laughs> – and in the comics, they actually supposedly killed off for, – for use of a better term, I'm going to say White Nick Fury and Black Nick Fury. They actually killed off the classic White Nick Fury and then introduce this character who is african american that is his son and now he is nick fury even though his name is something else uh and some people they they said that they were going to do the thing where you're nick fury now just like james bond if one of the if james bond got killed somebody else would be james bond or in um death race if frankenstein got killed then they just put somebody else in, under the mask as Frankenstein. So they said they were going to do that, but then after they said they were going to do that, uh, and said, you're Nick Fury from now on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the other in some of the new books that are coming out, they don't even call him Nick Fury. But so, in this one, they have an African-American guy who was leading the Howling Commandos in World War II named Jack Fury. Okay. And they have the african-american nick fury but the whole thing was in ultimates he looked like samuel jackson he doesn't look like samuel jackson didn't even have a bald head i mean so anyway it's fucked up but you get you get like the the uh uh Wasp and Ant Man slash Giant Man, all a bunch of villains uh, which are really cool. So it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, You know, there's 52 episodes, and so uh, I got a ways to go. But and 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 they have um, a a lot of them. They they're having uh, stories that are either similar Mm -hmm. or that are like the ones in the in the uh, comics with uh, uh, the. Super villain prison, the raft, or whatever. When they did Avengers Disassemble, uh, they did something like that right at the beginning, where all these super villains uh, escape, and then they have all. And I'm like, oh, they're so and so, they're so and so, and they actually use them, so it's cool. So anyway, uh, I watched uh, Wrath of the Titans, which is the sequel to the new Clash of the Titans. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I liked it. I had fun. Me and my friend Brian watched it. Uh, And he had never seen it, so um, he was like, wait a minute, I thought Hades was uh, so-and-so's son, and not this one, and I'm like, dude, don't even think. It's just a fucking movie. It's just like a superhero movie. Uh, Immortals, uh, which I had talked about uh, with Mickey Rourke, I think, last week, and um, I watched that one again, because I bought it on Blu-ray. It's a fun uh, action movie. Uh, Very, uh... I don't know. It's rated R, so, you know, like I said. Uh, but whatever. I talked about that last week. I uh, <laughs> watched uh, Failsafe with uh, Hank Fonda, and um, this is really good. This is the serious version of Dr. Strangelove. I mean, it's actually pretty much the same story, mm-hmm. uh, except Kubrick took Dr. Strangelove, and, uh, or the, he took the novel. And made Doctor Strangelove, which was, you know, had a lot of humor in it and, Mm -hmm. yeah, dark humor and everything. This one is straight up, they, uh, I guess, you know, just took the novel and fucking did it straight up serious and it's chilling. Henry Fonda plays the president and uh, Larry Hagman, who played JR on Dallas, looks like he's about maybe, you know, late 20s, early 30s and he's his interpreter. So, but it's really good. Uh check it out if you get a chance. I really liked it. Uh I watched dread again. Um, not too much to say about that other than <laughs> it's awesome. It's on my iPad, so I mean I can just whip it out whenever I want. And uh I'm telling you what people I've watched this thing. And I'm still not bored with it.
1: It's <laughs> fucking awesome. That's funny.
3: Safe house with Denzel Washington. This is another one. It's like Django where Jamie Foxx, I really liked it when he had his, uh, kind of wild bushy Afro. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of this, uh, Denzel Washington has kind of a, a bushy, uh, not sculpted Afro, just kind of wild looking. And he looks really cool and then he shaves it off. And I lost interest. (laughs) Uh, it has, uh, Ryan Reynolds is the, um, Uh, you know him and Denzel kind of—he's the hero. Okay, and uh, also Brendan Gleeson, and uh, who we were talking about whether he was better than Ray Winstone and fatter, and fatter. This isn't bad. It's not great. Um, I got it on Blu-ray. They had the bin at—they have a bin now at Walmart that's like Blu-rays for seven. 788 or something like that. Let so, me tell
1: you let me tell yeah. you about that bin. What about it? Oh my God! it's so it's that is a fucking that is an exercise in futility trying to find anything in there if you want to if you don't want to spend an hour because that fucking thing yeah. is just like it's like the ball pit at fucking yeah it's McDonald's.
3: a mound oh, you know, you, you should just jump in it someday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> start flopping around but I'll
1: probably find like shit in there and stuff for kids take They're...
3: your shirt off and get like re- if you're angry, be <laughs> like real sweaty and jump in there whatever sticks to your back and shit just you know like <laughs> I want this one and this one mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to buy trying To find and most of them in there have the um uh what do you call it uh voodoo and that shit uh where you can stream or whatever uh I'll try and find the ones that have the you know digital download so I can download them straight to my iPad yep which is cool then because then I feel like I'm getting more for my money
1: I'm thinking about buying because on my MacBook Pro I don't I only have a DVD drive built in I'm thinking about buying an external Blu-ray, so I can start mm. ripping some Blu-rays like that. Rip I, it. Yeah, so I can mm. add them to my iPad even if they don't come with a digital copy. That's probably illegal, but whatever.
3: Who gives a shit about illegal? You know, the way the world's going right now, there ain't going to be no n- nothing anymore. So you'll be sitting there wondering if you can find enough water to drink for a fucking minute <laughs> to live and stuff. I'm just uh, – my friend is like a conspiracy theorist. He's a big – uh uh, ron paul supporter and all this and that and we were sitting there talking about the government and shit and uh and um all the shit that is going on in the world mm-hmm. and got each other really fired up uh last night so anyway uh i watched uh narc with jason patrick and ray leota this is one you need to see we 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 have been requested
1: to review this soon. So
3: oh, it's fucking good. I well, I was gonna say something, but I'm not gonna say it.
2: Okay,
3: so I won't say anything. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. This is a blue that I bought, and um, uh, I still like the movie. But uh, I remember when I watched this, and I and I was like, you know, oh, the CGI and everything looked really good. In it. Man, the CGI. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's in blue. You might, uh, you
1: might be seeing it at a, maybe you seeing it at a higher resolution. Did you see, do you know if you saw it digitally or on thirty five?
3: I can't remember, but I'm telling you what it it looks fakey. Hmm. And I will say this: um, I never noticed, and I, I was watching it with a chick, and uh, the, chimps, uh, mm, no. yeah. um, <laughs> the chimps. Nah, uh, no, the chimps. You know, you see fucking chimps. Uh, like wild chimps, even the ones in captivity and everything. And it's funny that none of these chimps, uh, even if they were male, had genitalia. And you know how chimps have the ass, they're, the chimp ass?
1: <laughs> yeah, the little swollen butthole. These,
3: these chimps just all have just...
1: Nice, like, clean, hairy butts. It was
3: like hairy a fur, <laughs> pair of pants or whatever. So <laughs> Anyway, but I liked the movie. I just, you know, it just did look... It didn't look that good. uh. I uh, watched The Master with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Joaquin, Quinn uh, Jackie Phoenix. Phoenix. Um, I still like this one. It's uh, it's shot so well, and the performances are really good. And it's just so quirky because I think if you watch this and you don't really know that it's about like, L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology and shit... You might sit there and be like, what the fuck? I mean, this, they're, what, what? you know, but knowing that, you see how, uh, I don't know, and, and just uh, how, you know, religion and how people grasp onto things and whatever. Anyway, watch it. It's good. Did you see that? Yep, yep. Okay, I bought it.
1: I, I did uh, too.
3: Yeah, uh, I think I bought it on blue, actually. Uh, wow, that's a beautiful movie uh, Prometheus again <laughs> uh, um, I don't care I liked it I still like it uh, Idris Elba really like him um, Love the one with. and uh, I was just here's here's something an inconsistency that doesn't it's just a small one but um, when um, what's the big tall blonde haired chick's name Charlize Charlize Theron yeah uh, when she gets out of her um, slumber, they were supposed to be asleep for mm-hmm. uh, two years, and I thought I, for one thing. I thought was you know, life is too short. Uh, I don't care if they had the greatest discovery in the world ahead of me. Life is too short to say, okay, I'm gonna. Uh, you can put me in this thing for two years, and I'll be asleep. I mean, now, They'd, well, I guess if if you were asleep and it didn't count against you as far as aging,
1: did they might I not get be bed? Did I talk about the Doctor Who serial Ark in Space last week?
3: A little bit, because they well they
1: they t- they they do the same thing in here and in this one the these people the with this when they're in this frozen state they don't age mm. because he's found this he's they find this ship and these people basically their alarm clock is what he calls it has been broken and mm-hmm. they've been there thousands of more years than they were expecting but they're all still the same age.
3: Well, the only thing, you know, it's like uh the movie 2010, uh Haywood Floyd is going to Jupiter and he's talking to his son on, on like the on a you know, the computer screen and uh he's like, you know, are you are, are you going to die and all this and that? and he said, "No," you know, he goes, "I'll I'll be asleep the whole time, everything. But if you were if you didn't have kids or you didn't have family, but I mean You know, there's shit that happens in two years, and you might, they might put you to sleep, or you know, you might be in a you know stasis where you're not aging or anything, but all this shit's going on. It would be a weird thing, and I mean, if they ever did have something like that. But anyway, uh, she gets out of her uh, little cocoon thing, and she starts first uh, is when uh, David Fassbender walks in, and he's um, um sees her. She's doing push-ups. Well, now if you were in that thing for two years, you'd probably hardly be able to even fucking walk. But um, when she gets out, like her hair is just completely soaked with that goop. Yeah. But then when everybody else gets out, none of them are like that.
1: Oh man, you just the movie's ruined. So it really, I can't can't ever watch this thing again. That
3: that crossed the line for me. (laughs) Uh, I still like it. Uh, (laughs) I watched. uh, I forgot that I had watched. glorious bastards nice uh, which was it's still good and uh, the foot fetish in that uh, you see um, like Tarantino lingering on um, what's her name the uh, German uh, oh, yeah. that's uh, her her sh- with her shoe and her breaking her or getting shot and having this cast on and everything and what's his name holding her shoe and everything well that was uh, only surpassed by the next movie I watched, which was Hannah and Kate Blanchett boy, did that whoever the guy was, and I can't remember what his name is that shot this uh liked Kate C- he must like shoes and mm-hmm. he liked kate blanchett's feet that's funny oh man, speaking of uh my stomach uh anyway uh oh, the tuba just played. <laughs> Um, but uh, Hannah is good. It's quirky. Uh, Chemical Brothers soundtrack really makes it uh, good. Uh, and um, I wanted to fuck Kate Blanchett in this, even though she was a heartless, evil bitch <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Oh God, man, she that t- turned me on. It's like a. It's like a uh, when I was in school, and if you had like a mean female teacher, <laughs> even though they might not be like super attractive. I'm not talking about like a really gross, ugly one but like I can think of some that were not like super attractive, but still I wanted to fuck them oh, yeah. because they were mean to me. What's that mean? That's weird. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I watched a uh, Texas chainsaw 3d. This was not a pick of mine. <laughs> um, I didn't know anything about it. Um, it's, if you just, have fun with it and make fun of it and and just say like, oh my god, how stupid and everything. Mm-hmm. You can have fun watching it. There's one, the main girl in it um, is like tall and skinny but has big boobs and they, uh, I know she doesn't wear a bra on it because when she's walking around, they're bouncing, which is nice to look at. And she has a belly shirt on yeah. uh, and a pair of jeans and she kind of has a bony ass but it's like when you have, when, you know, when a chick has big boobs and they have one of those belly shirts on, and it looks like you could go and take both hands, put it up under that belly shirt without even coming close to touching her stomach or torso because her boobs have the shirt pulled out. It's awesome. And then there's another chick in it that, in the original tech, this, this takes place, it starts up, uh, well, it's in the future, mm-hmm. but it um, that right at the beginning they show the end of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, okay. and they, there's one scene where there the the this girl is walking towards the house and she's got red shorts on, and they kind of shoot from the ground up and you see her ass walking across there, and of course in the newer when it was Jessica Biel's ass walking across there in blue jeans. <laughs> But they had a girl with red shorts on in this one. She was pretty fucking hot, too. She was not the boob chick. Right, right. This one didn't have big boobs, but she had a nice ass, and that cameraman was on it. He was not, <laughs> uh, he knew what he was doing. Uh, Formula 51 with Samuel L. Jackson and um, Robert Carlyle.
0: Okay.
1: Uh,
3: this was hilarious. Uh, it's so good. It's just fucking awesome. Uh, Emily Mortimer is in it, too. Uh, Meatloaf is in it. He plays. Uh, the lizard. Um, so it's pretty cool. He has like eczema all over his face. So he's he's a jerk. <laughs> but it's just so fucking awesome. I love this movie. It is on Crackle, and Crackle. Maybe if you watch it on your iPad or on your computer, isn't that bad? But it has commercial interruptions, yeah. and you'll just be sitting there watching. It doesn't seem like it goes. To the movie place for very long, and it's just like you know, it goes to a commercial, and, yeah, it and it's, just, it's,
1: it's, it's random. Like I think it, I. I, I mean, I don't. Horrible. I don't know that it's random. It's I don't know. They might have a certain amount of time. It's yeah. random where they put them though, because like it'll just stop in the middle of a
3: sentence and shit. Yeah. yeah. Right in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's good. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why it reminded me of Bryn. I don't know why. But, uh, uh, and they, they, they talk a lot about, uh, football too and Manchester United and blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see. I watched the exorcist, uh, director's cut. Um, This was the scariest movie I had ever seen, and I will still stand by that because if I look back at how it affected me when I watched it when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and I watched it on TV, um, but now that my religion has went kaput, (laughs) I don't find it that scary, and um, I laugh at a lot of the stuff and make fun of it, Um, but I still like the performances of um, Ellen Burstyn, who I just think is awesome i she's awesome uh and like i want to i would when she was young if i was that age i would have wanted to fuck her and uh well i'm my age now and she's still young in the movie so i mean there you go alice doesn't live here anymore oh and uh jason miller who is the father of the uh jason patrick in the movie narc that i watched uh whose grandpa is jackie gleason um Jason Miller and Lee J. Cobb's scene in this and Ellen Burstyn and Lee J. Cobb's scenes are awesome. They stand up against uh, a lot of the really great acting that you see. Uh, and I watched Malcon X, uh, which I bought uh, on just DVD, not Blu-ray. It's a fucking good movie. Um, I know some pe- some people, some of my friends will sit there and watch it and they, they're like, they think that they're being indoctrinated into islam or something like that when do you watch it i'm like no i said you know watch the fucking movie i mean he finds out some this is just part of his life this is a biography and he finds out things toward the end you know about certain things and everything it's just you know but i hate people that are that closed-minded well i'm a christian so this is or i'm white and you know all these black guys just on there oh yeah they they were slaves and uh, poor them and everything. I'm like shut the fuck up you know, and there's watch a,
1: it. there's a um, there was a box set a DVD box set at Target I saw this week um, it's like four Spike Lee movies for like eight bucks wow it, had, it has Do the Right Thing it has Jungle Fever and two more I I really almost picked it up but I just I, I, don't, I was late I was just on lunch and just fucking around so I didn't but for whatever reason but I might go back and get that
3: I'll tell you what. I mean, you know, some people are like, oh, Spike Lee, whatever. I, I, I all of his movies that I've watched, I've liked. So, yeah, you know, uh-huh. makes good movies. So, some of the stuff, you know, uh, well, I guess a lot of people have this where they'll have their, like, he does the dolly thing, mm-hmm. where somebody's standing on the dolly, zooms <laughs> it on their face, and it, it, it's just like, you know, uh, like they're having an out of this world experience. Yeah, uh, yeah. Seymour Hoffman found out that his in uh was it twenty twenty eight hours
1: oh the he, oh the yeah the um
3: at the bar with his uh yeah yeah, yeah.
1: i i'd forgot the name i I really like that one too
3: yeah i mean i like i said I shit, I don't have a problem yeah shit yeah, whatever anyway bleh. that's uh, it uh, i forgot.
1: i don't, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't watch shit this week I did watch uh, a lot more Doctor Who um I don't remember if I mentioned it last week i, I, I finished season one or mm-hmm season 12 season it's the first season that tom baker was the doctor um and i already mentioned the ark in space which i believe was probably an inspiration for alien because it was about guys that were asleep on a on a ship and they wake up to find that a an alien is inhabiting their bodies and you you know
3: Charles nelson riley <laughs> yep yep He's um wait like, Wow. wow. wacky Oh, walking wild stuff. <laughs>
1: and uh so I watched the Santaran experiment, which was pretty cool. It was kind of a tie into that first one. He gets uh beamed down to what is then Earth, which there's no humans left living on it. And uh the Santarans are there, like and they're kind of doing these the tests. And Santarans are a a race, I think, that have they're one of those races on Doctor Who that have been around a lot. They have stories every once in a while. So um I watched the Genesis of the Daleks. Um Storyline that that was a pretty good one because uh, it shows the I forgot his name. Basically, the it's like a it's like a origin story for the Daleks. They travel back in time to try to stop the creation of the Daleks, and that shows the original. and I can't remember who what he's called, but there's a good
3: documentary, and I can't remember what it's called about that the about the Daleks.
1: <laughs> Somebody, have you ever seen that? I, I haven't. I need to see. I, I want to. I, I, I'd like to see that kind of stuff. And it's
3: cool because, I mean, I, I like I said, I just remember watching Doctor Who, you know, sporadically on PBS. because mm-hmm. We didn't have, you know, you only had like three <laughs> channels. But uh, it really is that the documentary. It was on Netflix Instant there for quite a while. So it might still be on there.
1: This this one was funny. Uh, this storyline was funny because it really seemed like the people that were that were making the Daleks were they, they, they were definitely patterned after Nazis. Uh, they all, they, they wore these gray uniforms and did the whole, they, they would yeah. almost do the how Hitler sign, but they just hold it up slightly in front of them. And
3: did they have one named Dante. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and then, uh, and then I watched revenge of the Cybermen. Um, that one was okay. It kind of finished out the season, uh, Cybermen, another, another enemy of the doctor that pop up on occasion. And they're back on a different space station this time. And, uh, but it's a thousand years earlier and uh, the Cybermen are trying to take over. You know, and I really... I, I was saying this on the boards. I, I like what they did to the Cybermen more recently because they're less... The Cybermen seem more just evil and out to, like, win stuff back the, at this time as opposed to what they started... What they've done with the in the new series is have them be... They just want to basically assimilate everybody and turn all the humans into robots. So they, they're a little less...
3: That's no. That's kind of being a jerk.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're 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 a little less mindful of being like of like taking over shit and more like oh, you got you have emotions. Let's just uh, move your brain into this nice robotic body and so you'll forget about all that shit. So Hmm.
3: they did. uh, They must marvel, of course, they're devoid of any um, you know creativity. Just uh, I'm trying to think what book (laughs) it was in. It wasn't that long ago where uh, they the the, these um, robots. and, or androids and robots and stuff, all of them in the world, they started t- trying to turn all the humans into robots. Yeah, like, and that's really what
1: the Cybermen have turned into. Yeah,
3: they stole that. Those fuckers—they're <laughs> 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 as bad as Eric Bischoff. They had like one idea. Another. One
1: idea. They just keep rolling with it. Yeah. Um, the only movie I watched was a movie called Kick or Die, and this movie was just a big fucking turd. I—I I, I had not watched a movie all week, and I was going to sit down and I was going to watch. Um, uh, something good and you yes, go, I can't I remember good, what it was now Serpico.
3: <laughs> Serpico, yeah
1: and my f- copy's fucked up so I couldn't Man. watch it and I was like and then I was flipping through and I was like oh I have Kick or Die let's just turn Oh my god I I was excited about this movie because it seemed so lame but it was ended up almost being like a lifetime movie with karate it was really stupid nice. um, You know
3: that actually sounds pretty good a lifetime movie with karate <laughs> I could see like <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen.
1: Well the, the chicks didn't do karate though
3: She's pregnant and her husband it becomes like an alcoholic and karate kicks her in the stomach and shit. <laughs> you know, I, I swear to God, Justin Oberholzer, the cinemasochist, When you said that, this remi- it reminded me of this. I was listening to his show, the uh, Justin Oberholzer's Film Rave. Film Rave. And he said, I can't not remember what movie it was, but he, he you know, watches shitty movies, and uh, he started watching this shitty movie, and he and it was good, and he was disappointed. Because he thought it was going to be like really shitty, and I just thought to myself, "Man, that's kind of fucked up." <laughs> you
1: completely inverted. You're
3: complaining and you're and 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 uh, not complaining, but I mean, he was like, "I was really disappointed because this actually turned out to be good."
1: I, w- I wish this was at least fun, but it wasn't. Like this dude, basically, there's a there's a serial rapist on this college campus, and the solution is not like hire some like smart detectives their solution is to go into the mountains and get this guy that used to live there who is an expert at karate to come and teach the women of campus how to defend themselves and he his his tie into the whole thing is that his wife was raped or raped and murdered so he keeps having like flashbacks and it becomes personal and
3: well can you imagine if you like met a girl and say you were you met some girl, and, and she was into you, but you were totally not into her. She wasn't like your type. She wasn't good-looking. She was kind of obnoxious and just kind of like – a and, and, and she, but she wanted to fuck you, so you was like, okay. Hey, so so you's like uh, – so you fuck her, and you're expecting, oh, God, this is going to be so horrible, and it was like the greatest sex you ever had in your life. And you're like, God, I'm disappointed. I, thought I really thought, you know, it would be horrible and you know I was
1: gonna be to be able to brag to my friends about how terrible it was, but I actually enjoyed myself.
3: Uh, that's bullshit. <laughs> or a guy, if it was a guy, you know.
1: And I'll talk about it on my podcast, Sex Rave.
3: <laughs> Sex Rave, but, uh, that'll be coming soon.
1: It's coming soon.
3: On this week's episode of Sex Rave, <laughs> I fucked my hand again
1: to an ear hole near you.
3: Yeah, and then the Man. next week be like, "Well, no change. I fucked my hand again. This time, I used three fingers on my left hand."
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, it's oh. funny. I posted the I had the for whatever reason I thought of us when I was thinking of the demolition theme song this week, and that's why I posted that on our group. And fucking, uh, I load, I reloaded. Uh, art of wrestling and uh uh smash was the guest this week for the <laughs> on on colt cabana show so
3: here comes the axe here comes the smasher the the demolition, demolition, walking disaster <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: let's take a break and do you have a preference which movie we cover first which bald asshole do you want to cover first? Do we want Kurtwood, or do we want uh, Michael? Let's do
3: Fortress first.
1: Fortress. We'll be right back with some Fortress talk. Some Christopher Lambert.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. well yeah. We'll I right
1: don't know back. what you mean by that. I don't either. We'll be right back. Yosh, mm.
3: yosh. Yes. If I had a podcast, I podcast in the morning. I podcast in the evening
0: all over the Schwant. I talk about Hamlin. I talk about Amakush. I talk about every can wish
3: in between. Especially about Neil Cottery.
0: Amakush.com.
3: Crack. Me, your mama, and
1: some other whore floating down the river on the shithouse door.
4: Gonna tie my pecker to my leg, to my leg. Gonna tie my pecker to my leg. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What are, what are you doing exactly when you tie your pecker to your leg?
3: doesn't even make sense. <laughs> right. And um, I remember Tim Thomerson used to do a, because uh, he was a stand-up there for a while, and uh, he would do a thing. Uh, there she said on the hill, shaking her tits at Buffalo Bill. Gonna tie my pecker to a tree, to a tree. Gonna tie my pecker to a tree. So there must be a tie my pecker to something like maybe you tie your pecker to different things. Huh. I
2: don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. just
3: sounds I mean it's so obvious.
1: Fortress 1992.
3: Yeah. I like my humor a little bit more uh I don't know, classy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh Fortress 1992. Um A futuristic prison movie. Let me turn this music down. Protagonist and wife... What? ...are nabbed at a future U.S. immigration point with an illegal baby during population control. The resulting prison experience... Ooh, I almost choked. the, the, The resulting... The resulting prison experience is the subject of the movie. The prison is a futuristic one run by a private corporation bent on mind control in various ways. Mark Allen... You write terrible plot summaries.
3: I now pronounce you protagonist and wife.
1: (laughs) The protagonist. It's like a a middle school essay. Um, This stars (laughs) Christopher Lambert and uh, Kurtwood Smith and some other motherfuckers. Lincoln Kilpatrick, who I feel like was on the show recently. And uh, Vernon Wells, who... (sighs) I feel like I've seen him recently. Was he in... uh, was Vernon Wells in, in glory I was in uh, D- Django was he I don't remember
3: I know he was Wes in Broad Warrior and he was uh, what's he his wasn't. face in uh, Commando
1: I thought I saw him in something big recently maybe not John. anyway yes so yes Fortress Dom how did you like Fortress, Fortress.
3: I like uh, Fortress uh, no um, well, it was alright
1: yeah it was alright um, next review
3: I watched Fortress for the first time and I will... Okay, let's give a little backstory on the Lambert, Christophe Lambert. Um, For years, uh, before the internet, I had no idea what this fucker... what he was. Okay? Because he does not have like a distinct accent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He has a nasally voice and he talks kind of a monotone or whatever, you know. and, And... but okay, he was born in America of French parents, and apparently then lived and grew up in Switzerland. So he's all he's like Yul Brenner, you know. They say, "Well, he's Russian, he's a gypsy, he's this, he's that." But anyway, he just has kind of a distinct thing okay and another thing while researching this movie yes i did some research not a lot
1: shit i hope you research the next one because i didn't do shit
3: oh i did it all today all yeah. i had to do was fucking sit on the toilet and do this stuff uh, even though it was beautiful <laughs> um
1: he was in bullet I'm, I'm looking at lincoln Pil- kilpatrick too. he
3: has a <laughs> a distinct look uh and i always thought that the way he looked, actually his eyes. I thought, is he a little cockeyed? He always looks funny. And then I read, he basically, without his glasses, is almost like fucking blind. <laughs> uh, and he cannot see, and he can't wear contact lenses for some reason. There's some, I, I, I used to wear contact lenses all the time, and then for some reason, I don't know if the chemistry of my eyes changed or what, I put, if I put them in. You know, after three or four hours, my eyes are so irritated and bloodshot, no matter what I tried, no matter what kind, whatever. And so they said that that kind of was something that made him look distinct as he – he, if he's talking to somebody in the movie, he's pretty much – you might as well be holding a sheet up to his face. And he doesn't even know what he's looking at. You know, he can't see. So, But I've always thought that he had like a blank stare or a weird kind of a stare. And that's why. So anyway, now this motherfucker uh, uh, should be in the lucky dick club <laughs> because he was married to Diane Lane when she was young and hot, Ellen Aim from Streets of Fire, for about six years. And they have a kid together. And she's still hot even though she's a MILF, but they're not together anymore. Um, now, Lambert, who uh, I guess when he was making French movies, uh, went by Christophe Lambert. Uh, and as and we would always say, Christopher Lambert. Lambert. Uh, yeah, Jack Lambert's brother. Um, so anyway, um, I remember him. Well, uh, the first thing that he was really big in in the United States is uh, uh, Tarzan. Uh, uh, you know, Greystoke, the legend of Tarzan or whatever it was called. And he was really good in that. I mean, it's, it's actually a good movie other than the fact that they uh, dubbed – Andy McDowell's entire part with uh, Glenn Close's voice, which sounds, it's, you know, it's just kind of weird, but I guess, you know, Andy McDowell has kind of a Texas accent, so they were like, this does not work. But then he hit it huge with uh, Highlander, which you haven't seen.
1: Nope. The uh, all, and, it, it's it's sad. The only thing I can really, I really know Christopher, Christoph Lambert from... Mortal combat! It's fuck yeah, the worst... <laughs> Japanese god of thunder ever to them. Yeah, <laughs> Japanese
3: god of thunder. Right. <laughs> um Sonya
5: Aiden uh,
3: <laughs> New World Order. New- uh so anyway, they have to do a fucking Mortal Kombat and have like that uh NWO characters and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and have fucking uh Conan. About, uh, about la raza. Do his Modern tequila, su- his
1: tequila sunrise, and just rip somebody's lower half off.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. wrestling talk, nerds. nerds. So anyway, after Highlander, Lambert, um, he was pretty much in demand. Now I will say this: from watching him in just about everything,
1: gonna tie my pecker to my, le- <laughs> my leg
3: oh, to my leg. Uh, gonna tie my pecker. <laughs> um, he is. <laughs> and I don't know if English well I guess if he's from Switzerland, I mean um, Uh oh. I've always felt that did you fart? Maybe. Okay. Or was that your cat?
2: Yeah. <laughs> one. Um
3: I don't think that he's like a really good actor. I think he <laughs> is more more like um has a presence and a look and some strange charisma because of the the, the eyes and the, the the blank stare and the nasally... The nasal monotone. Um, so, but I always wondered if he, you know, English not being his first language, maybe, that that was kind of made it odd, too. But um Highlander was a huge hit, and it wasn't like... A, I don't think it was like big budget or anything, so he started getting a lot of work. And this is one of the movies that, that followed that. And... um I remember seeing the box for this a million times in, like, the VHS and video stores and stuff, mm-hmm. and I never picked it up. I don't know why. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know uh, if it'd be any good, but I just didn't want to put the string on it. And to put the string, and I didn't do it. And um, now, so I – when we picked this, we kind of did some mainstream stuff. You know the last time, so I said, you know, let's do some kind of straight to DVD crap or whatever. And this really wasn't. I don't think. Uh, I don't know if it was ever in the theaters here. I know it was released in Australia and it did really well. Because it,
1: it was filmed in Australia, so yeah,
3: they only spent like maybe ten million dollars to make it, mm-hmm. and it made like eighty or ninety million. So it did really well. It actually has a sequel, which you know I don't know anything about, but. In some ways it sort of reminded me of and I could see where if like uh say Arnold Schwarzenegger would have played his part, it sort of reminded me of a running man slash mm-hmm. uh maybe uh what the fuck not run- running man maybe like a total recall. Maybe it's because of the time that it was shot, it sort of had a similar look. It's a lot more low budget than that. But it's not horrible. Right it's kind of a straight up um action sci-fi movie and with the, with you know the action sci-fi and, and another genre that's thrown in there is a prison movie but futuristic and um so anyway um to 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 kind of get in the story a little bit um at the beginning you're just seeing uh like a, uh, on, a on a I guess like on a bridge uh, like a checkpoint and all these cars are lined up it looks almost like when you go into or, or when you're coming from mexico to the united states right right and they're searching all the cars and everything and that's exactly what it's like and you can kind of tell it's uh, like a totalitarian regime and they make everybody get out of their car or you know in uh east uh, you know like uh east germany or whatever and um go across the border and this man and this woman which is lambert and uh this chick, uh, who plays at, at the time, you know, you don't know, but it's, uh, Lauren Loughlin, and it plays his wife, Karen B. Brennick. And he is John Henry Brennick. Uh, you know, I was like, it, that would be like, uh, uh, Schwarzenegger, them giving him like a real American name or something. And then in the movie, the guy has some strange accent. They never explain why he talks like this. Uh, but anyway, um, they are trying to get to across. Sp-
1: he has to speak through his very long and narrow nostrils.
3: Very long and narrow. <laughs> um, but they're trying to get across the border. You don't know why. You don't know if they're smuggling drugs or if they're dissidents or if they're uh, terrorists or what. And then eventually, um, the the jig is up, and they get pinched. And that's street terminology, so you know you might want to look that up. Um, <laughs> they, they, um, well, he he gets sent to uh, prison, and then it starts to unfold what's going on. They really explain, you know, as they're driving to the prison, you know, about about the prison, and it sounds like these prisons today because it's a uh, corporate-owned, privately-owned corporate prison. Yeah, and I,
1: I was wondering when did when did uh corporate prisons become like like the the evil thing. Well, like even in RoboCop they did the whole they did the whole like uh corporate law enforcement bit. Mm-hmm. So, when did, well, I wonder when that became like a thing to criticize?
3: Well, I think it became like uh like with Blackwater. <laughs> <laughs> them almost building a corporate army of mercenaries, right? And um, because the, it starts to get to where, like with these prisons today, or like I said with Blackwater or something like that, where they try and privatize everything to make a, it's so they can make money off of everything that there is, and then but when you get to where, say you would have a corporate uh, police department or corporate prisons or whatever, you have probably less oversight. Everything I've ever seen with contractors and and that's even with the Iraq and Afghanistan war and everything, they end up it's like say an army. Uh in the old days, like if you were watching a Lee Marvin or John Wayne movie or something like that, or when my dad was in the army. Oh, um that was the cat. Uh
0: yeah. <laughs> meow, meow. Um,
3: <laughs> like uh, if they, they would uh, put the soldiers on KP duty, like the, uh, they'd say you're on KP duty. So yeah. you would have to peel potatoes and cook and everything. And you were a, a private who was probably making uh back then, Jesus Christ, probably not even, you know, $10,000 a year or something like that. Now, to save money, <laughs> they instead of having a private that's making shit money do all the stuff and drive trucks and for the military and everything, they have uh, they contract it out. And then these truck drivers, instead of having a private making $10,000 do it, they have truck drivers that are making $600,000. Yeah. Um, instead of having a private cook in the mess and peel potatoes and stuff, they have a contractor doing it and they're making millions of millions of dollars. Um, And that's the same with the corporate prisons. They started this shit, well, we'll build a a prison and we'll operate it for profit and then the government will just pay us. And it's like they're paying if if it was a government-run prison... It would cost ten times less than what they're paying here, and then these places are cutting back so they can squeeze more money out of it make more money. There's some prison I think like out in Arizona, and they said the prisoners are basically running the prison because they've cut back so much. They don't hire qualified people and all this and that, and it's just really grotesque. Plus, if, you ha- if, if you're a corporation and you build a big prison somewhere, you have to have people to put in it. So that's why they bust these kids for smoking weed. Oh, and they, yeah. they they do whatever they can to fill these fucking places up, and then once you're in prison, you become you know more than likely if you're in there for two three years five years or whatever and you're in there with you're not a nonviolent criminal you th- you're caught with a couple of joints and you're put in there with rapists and serial killers and murderers and everything you're probably to survive you become a criminal. Yep. Plus, when you get out, you can't get a job because you got a criminal record. So there's a lot of shit like that. So this movie even though it's not a um it's not like 1984 it is I mean the concept right yeah, right sort of uh but I'm just saying it's not to, not really like a serious movie like that uh, the one with John uh Herd, um 1984 but it has those elements and a lot of sci-fi movies in the past even like 2001 2010 and stuff like that or You know, any of them, you'll see things. um, They're like, you'll see a movie and it'll say uh, from 1980 and it'll say 2013, and this is the way the world is. And it's really this, it's not like that now. Right. But you can see elements. You can say, okay, uh, this is kind of weird, you know? So, anyway, the prison they take them to, and this, I think for budgetary reasons, this is brilliant. Uh, it's an invisible prison, supposedly.
1: <laughs> is that so, what it was, or was it underground?
3: It's underground, but they called it an invisible prison. Okay, okay. Desert.
1: I was like, did they hide it somehow? Because when he said something about 30 stories, I'm like, wait, what? It's I don't-
3: That's such a great concept, because then they don't have to come up with a 30-story building.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: They could just go out and show the desert and say, here it is. Wait, it's invisible. No, you know, it's about below ground, but they don't have to show it. They just shoot the desert. So... Um, they put them in the prison, and this prison is—it's a lot of it's automated. Uh, there's a um, what was the the name of the 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 woman's voice that was the
1: oh Zed I think
3: Zed yeah okay so anyway Zed is pretty much uh, just a voice. It's uh, actually voiced by Carolyn Purdy Gordon, and sh- th- th- it's the. Um, the computer that runs just like everything in the prison. Uh and they have uh these floating cameras that go around and when you go in uh, as soon as you get there they um implant you with this thing in your I guess in your stomach or intestines or whatever and that's how they control
1: you. <laughs> the yeah the the intestinators
3: yeah, the Intestinator. So they can kind of pretty much say, okay, if you start getting out of line, they can shock you with it. Which, and
1: which the, you're you're essentially mouth raped with this big robot cock to yeah, p- yeah put it in you. Yeah.
3: Put this. You have to put your head in this thing, and then it crunches against your or again around your neck. So your your head's just through this hole, and you can't move. It. And then they they take a big cock like object and shove it. And <laughs> and yeah, 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 It's not like too pleasant. Um, so anyway. And and as you're coming to the prison and everything, you have a lot of the the prison movie cliches, you know about the, you know oh, the new fish, and of course there's the, the the guys in the prison that are predators that are going to you know test you and all this stuff. Now Lambert, um, of course, as we see in just about every movie we review, is a like a either an ex-commando, ex-black bray, uh, ex-special forces, special ops, blah blah blah, um, but. So he's thrown into a jail cell with, uh, what, like four other guys or three. Oh, other yes.
1: It's, let's see. You got the, the dude, the bald dude with the goatee. You've got, uh, you've got Lincoln Kilpatrick. You've got the young Hispanic guy and you've got Jeffrey Combs. So four other guys.
3: And so anyway, he, uh, and Tom towels is the bald headed guy. Who's a real butthole. Uh, and I've seen him in a million different things.
1: <laughs> he has a funny line. What does he say? hey pretty boy your kulos is as sweet as your face
3: yeah your kulos. <laughs> uh, uh, clifton collins jr is in this and and he stands out every time i see him in a movie because will hates his guts um, which one was he, had, he? Uh, huh which who was he uh he was the little guy that that came into the prison with christopher lambert oh yeah and fucking will cannot stand him. But what's funny is I was like, hey, there's Clifton Collins Jr., so I knew that this had to have been like one of his first movies because this is a, a fairly old movie, and and uh, I've seen, you know, him in uh, oh shit, it was the one that was written by the guy that did American Psych that wrote American Psycho. Uh, he was in that, and he was fairly young in that, so. Lincoln Kil- Lincoln
1: sense. Kilpatrick, by the way, was in Hollywood Cop, that other movie we reviewed. Oh
3: yeah, 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 Hollywood yeah, Cop. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, uh, which was so great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clifton Collins Jr. Uh, uh, in this, uh, when I looked at the the uh, credits at the end, is credited as Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez. <laughs> and I guess they said that at, at times when he started his career, he went by Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez as a, uh, tribute to his grandpa or something like that. Hmm. But, uh, he's just kind of like the, um, the young, the young guy that, uh, is like the, the sidekick of Christopher Lambert. So anyway, uh, you, you, you have, um, the main, one of the main reasons we did this and, um, when we decided what movie we were going to do, we were trying to figure out like a uh, some kind of a link or something, some kind of a theme. And um, I remembered that Emily really likes um, Michael Ironside, she, and just about everything he's in. She 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 gushes over Michael Ironside and thinks he's really great. And for some reason, I have always thought that Michael Ironside and Kurtwood Smith. Um, not that I get them confused, but I just think that they get. Very similar roles, which is the ball-headed asshole, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know this. And and I never refer to Kurtwood Smith as Kurtwood Smith. I only refer to him as Clarence Bodiker from RoboCop. Guns, guns, guns! Because he is such a jerk, man. He can play the jerk. And then you reminded me that he plays Red in
1: <laughs> that show. He's too.
3: awesome. And he plays the perfect dad in that. He really is.
1: You, you know, know, Vernon Wells, uh, sorry to keep jumping off, Vernon Wells really looked like shit in this movie.
3: Yeah. I uh, mean,
1: it, 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 This was not that long after. I mean, this is only like 10 years, but man... He was like this he was like this awful just like low rent Robert Zadar in this movie. <laughs>
3: yeah, and you know what, when I first fucking saw him at first glance, I mean not like, you know, I was like after two seconds, but the first when he first showed up I thought, God damn, there's Zadar, and I was like, That's not the Zadar because his face looked really he he has such a square chin. He has a cleft chin, but it's really square. He's
1: doing the he's doing the Zadar character from Tango and Cash in this movie. Yeah, basically.
3: Yeah and uh he he um has you know they're like uh you got to watch out for the guy that's got 187 tattooed on his forehead you know that's <laughs> like in like that like the code for homicide yeah, or something yeah 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 so anyway, they keep telling yeah. telling uh, Lambert and uh, Clifton Collins who are the new fish that this guy you got know, to watch out for him. So you know, you know, there's going to be trouble there and everything. And you know, what would be good is if they would have went totally off character and he would have showed up and he was like, "Hey, what's going on, guys? I don't know why I get this bad reputation. One eighty-seven. I got uh, this
1: fucking shitty tattoo on my forehead.
3: That's crossed. So anyway, but it's not like that. It, it's it's um, pretty much, um it's a by the numbers action movie uh one of the concepts is it's kind of uh deals with uh a future thing like of overpopulation so you're only allowed to have one child and then after you have one child they they like the women i guess they tie their tubes but uh you know uh, just like a guy getting a vasectomy or something like that. Sometimes that shit don't work. And so anyway, Lambert and his wife had had a child and lost it. But then she got pregnant again. So they knew that she was on the shit list. That's why they were trying to get across the border. Um, And they got caught. And uh, so anyway, Kurt Woodsmith is the warden. Basically the character of, of the warden. Prison director Poe. And he's a jerk. Uh, He does have hair in this movie, which very much disappointed me. I I know.
1: Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, shit, he's not bald. But I couldn't tell if – it looked like almost he had hair plugs. I couldn't – he was – it was definitely on the verge, if not a bat, like a fake hairline.
3: Well, there were times in this where I thought, especially toward the end, after Christopher Lambert had been in some brawls and he was all sweaty and everything, that I thought maybe he was wearing a wig. Because I thought he, first of all, he seems to have a very weird hairline, and when someone has their hair, they're like sweaty, and the ends of their hair are real sweaty, but the top is not sweaty at all, and it doesn't <laughs> look like it's wet. It looks funny, like it's not even sweating down yeah, by their yeah. scalp. So, you know, he may be one of these guys that, you know, shit, for years he might have worn it. Because I think in Highlander his hair was kind of like that, too. So, you know, he might just be a guy who wore a hairpiece all the time. Um, I was surprised at the amount of people that I recognized in this. Not because they're like big big name like Vernon Wells and Tom Tolles, you know, Jeffrey Combs, all these guys. Kurt Woodsmith. It's kind of a um, – it has a nice cast, but – uh, but nobody that's like a big name. Yeah, chick's pretty hot. I thought she was pretty hot. She was and cute. they, Learned they, that one. The one thing that they could do was uh, you weren't allowed to dream. You were forbidden to dream, or they would punish you. So Kurtwood Smith would sit up in this fucking room and watch people's dreams and like get horny. <laughs> I think. Um, and then, and the,
1: he, then the computer was having none of that. It's like eh, you want to you intestinate him.
3: Well, I think the computer. It was almost like uh, there was a. Um, uh, it 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 wasn't this because I mean it was just a computer, but it was almost like there like a, a jealous wife or something like that, and he's like, if 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 you were a husband and wife. And the husband's in the other room watching, or watching TV and watching, and uh, and some hot girls come up, and she's like, "You're not going to watch this, you know." <laughs> it was kind of like that, and he was like, "Yeah, but I'm doing it for research, you know," and um, because he was watching Lambert dream about fucking his wife, and there now she's pregnant in the movie, but um, there were in his dreams she wasn't pregnant, <laughs> no, and she was looking kind of hot and riding his cock and everything, and I wish they would have shown some some... Uh,
1: yeah, there was no titties. I was really disappointed.
3: Heck, you know. So, anyway. Um, let's see what we got here. Um, I've, I'm kind of torn because with uh, Vernon Wells because the one thing I remember him from more than anything is Road Warrior.
1: And that's <laughs> and he that's funny so, that you say that because the one thing I remember him most from is Weird Science. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he, where he plays
1: the exact same character. That's where I saw him first growing up.
3: Um, I always thought he looked so cool in that movie. And then when I saw him in Commando, and he had the Freddie Mercury mustache and the chain-nail shirt, <laughs> I just was like, eh. Yeah. Plus, it was always hard for uh, – um, like with him fighting Schwarzenegger in Commando – Schwarzenegger was so big and his arms were like 22 fucking inches just sculpted. He looks like a goddamn monster. He's like like a statue, cross between a statue and a monster. So then when he's fighting anybody, no matter how crazy they are or whatever, they just don't measure up because yeah. they their arms look skinny, you know?
1: Well, I I and I I think with Wells he just has skinny arms like Yeah. There's a few times in this movie he's wearing like this like I don't he's, I mean he doesn't have sleeves and stuff. I, I at times, his body almost makes mine look fit.
3: <laughs> no way! I know it's hard to believe, but he, um, but he is—he must be. I mean, he seemed like he was pretty big. You know, he just not—you know—like a.
1: Maybe he a, just has a big personality. We're gonna find out. He's like five six.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh. One of my notes is Lambert's voice, but we've covered that already. <laughs> yes. Um, Wes Hole. I called, uh, I always call Vernon Wells Wes because that was his name.
1: Oh, yeah. And Wes? the hole, he made the hole in his chest?
3: Oh, okay. That's what it meant. <laughs> yeah. That, that's one, that's another thing when we were talking about, like, uh, when we we're, we we're going to link it, I was going to say wet explosions. Um, yeah they uh you have an inevitable uh fight between uh the hero Lambert and Maddox, who is one eight seven the the bad guy Vernon Wells, and I thought that was a pretty good fight, I mean you know like none of them, neither one of them knows karate, but they had like a or anything like that or m m a but they they're they're <laughs> fighting on this bridge thing
1: beating the shit out of each other
3: I think it's funny because
1: he's five eleven or five ten
3: well, yeah, I wonder how tall Chris Lambert is. You can look that up while i'm keep going yeah. Um, the um, I thought it was funny because the the thing was monitored. They had those floating uh, cameras and shit uh, coming around. So if you got in a fight, they would punish you, you know, for that. But they the thing didn't seem to come around and punish anybody when Vernon Wells was getting ready to fuck Clifton Collins Jr. Cliff's uh, Christopher Lambert—they're all like working, and he hears him yelling. You know, hey, hey, leave me alone, leave me alone. He goes down there, and the guys behind him get him bent over. You know, and he's also
1: he, Christopher Lambert is also five ten, five
3: eleven. Yeah, like I said, they can make the guy seem like a yeah, yeah. monster. Plus his big chin. Um, so they get in this big brawl, which was a pretty good, pretty good action fight scene and everything. And I like how they—they they had like the bridge retract. So, yeah, well, that was pretty neat. Yeah, because, you know, it was like, oh, somebody's going to fall, you know. So it kind of kept you on the edge of your seat. Um, he finds out, Lambert finds out that he he kept thinking his, you know, I'm okay with being in prison because my wife escaped. But then he finds out that his wife is actually in the fucking prison. They call her, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Because then you had the whole dynamic, which was, cr- it was creepy. Because, um... Kurtwood Smith, like I said, sits there and basically watches them have sex and shit in
1: In his dream, yeah.
3: And then he kind of starts macking on her. And then he's like, you know, I want you to be my assistant and stay here with me in my quarters for the rest of the time you're here and everything. And he pretty much just says, you know, if you don't do this, then I'll, like blackmails her. if you don't do this, then I'll but he does it in a way that it's never like just for a second. He's basically just lets her know if you don't do this, then I'm going to hurt your husband or take your child or whatever. And uh, so then, as soon as she she realizes that and she's like, okay, I'll do it. Then he, I mean, he it's like he's in love with her or something. He doesn't like just jump on her and want to rape her and fuck her or anything like that. Which you know, so. um Then it's pretty much like the rest of the, you know, Lambert finds out his wife's there. They, they kind of give him, they put him in this torture device thing, which (laughs) I've seen these things before. Like actually they,
1: those uh, are things were very popular in pop culture in the late eighties and early nineties. Those like spinny astronaut things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they just disappeared because they weren't cool anymore.
3: Um, it looks like something that you would, they would put out like on a playground or something.
1: It's like a a gyroscope that you strap yourself into.
3: And, um, So they put him in that thing, and it pretty much just fucks him up big time. Um, Now, Lincoln Kirk uh, Kilpatrick um, is Kurtwood Smith's kind of uh, major domo. He's a prisoner, but he is like a servant, and he's loyal to him because he knows Mm -hmm. it's my bread and butter. But he kind of tells Lambert, "Hey, you know your wife's here and this that." So then it becomes an escape movie. Too. So you have a lot of, you have several different genres going on here. Uh, you have the prison genre, which uh, prison genre and escape genre are pretty much the same th- yeah. sort of same thing. They kind of go hand in hand. Uh, not enough rape drama <laughs> or, uh, sex drama uh, or se- 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 you know whatever um, but um, you have some uh, some reveals with the uh, Kurtwood Smith character, which I didn't see coming which I thought was kind of yeah, cool. That was neat. Now, I could see them taking this movie and if they uh, taking the concept of this movie or the novel it was based on whatever the novel was or whatever and doing like it, doing like it with a big budget mm-hmm. and it really it, it could be really cool, you know. Um and with a, you know, and like I said these the, I don't know, would you say that Lambert is out of all the main people were it was probably like one of the weakest uh, like the weakest actor oh yeah uh, I mean he was okay it's just that he has this strange yeah, he kind of he
1: wasn't bad but I mean I'll tell you I'll tell you of all the people that you, that got screen time I thought that uh, Jeffrey Combs was probably the strongest mm-hmm. he was pretty good with the, the glasses thing and like he, I just I, I've always thought he's a good genre actor but um, he's I liked him a lot in this
3: well
1: as the twitchy smart guy
3: yeah, and um yeah, he he it's funny now that, that we're saying that when he he says this and then it actually happens that he can't see shit without his glasses. He's like <laughs> almost blind and then Christopher Lambert that's actually how he was in real life. Um but it's just pretty much um Lambert trying to escape, trying to rescue his wife, trying to save his kid. Uh, And there is like a, I don't know, uh, kind of a conspiracy-like reveal of what's going on Mm -hmm. that I won't go into. But it's kind of a neat thing. And like I said, this, I mean, you know, saying $10 million isn't isn't that much is kind of weird because $10 million is a lot of money. But like I said, this movie was considered low budget, made for only $10 million and i think because probably one thing is um because lambert was writing uh the popularity of like highlander and uh gray and he was the thing at the time uh, a lot of people watched this and it made a lot of money but like i said i i, I like the story it did it did um the concept uh reminded me a lot of um like total recall and um Running man and shit like that of that time, kind yeah. of a sci fi futuristic kind of a feel. And and I could, I literally was sitting here watching it thinking if this would have been big budget, they could have thrown Schwarzenegger when he was at his peak yeah. in lead role. And it would have, you know, it's like last week when I said, you know, with uh, Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise, I could easily have seen them going the opposite way, doing a low budget straight to video and Seagal, you know, playing that lead
2: in that. <laughs> because,
3: you know? But anyway, I don't there's a lot of it that I don't want to go into because right, right. it'll give shit away. Um, but so I mean, you know, if you want to Um,
1: I don't have a lot. I don't, I don't have a lot a lot else to add. Um, I'm usually don't care too much for uh for noticing uh bad continuity, but I did notice this for whatever reason that when Lambert kicks the uh, uh whiz in the mouth and they, he turns around and spews this fucking black blood everywhere and then he flips right back around and his mouth is perfectly clean. <laughs> no, it's like, spitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, this movie ended up being gorier than I thought it would be and the they got these, like, these guards, I guess, with the machine gun arms at the end. I thought they were really fucking cool. Yeah, um, the
3: machine gun arm. If, it, when I was a kid, I would have loved that. I would Oh my God. That, hell, like, you
1: know? that thing was awesome. The three three barrels that did different things and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, at, at its core, this movie is still very like late eighties, nineties. Uh, if, if, if you like that aesthetic, you'll like it, but it's still a lot, a lot to laugh at. Like the fact that this takes place so far in the future yet, all the TVs are still fucking like tube televisions. I like, still can't figure <laughs> out that the TVs might've been, might be flat at this time. Um, and the, uh, and fucking Kurtwood Smith's like, he wears a lot of those collarless shirts that were in for like a year. <laughs> like you dress yeah, like you, you hate dress the like, oh shirts. my God, like fucking snow, you remember snow <laughs> in I remember you
3: say it, yeah. that i can't remember what the fuck it was on, uh, I think that was you that said you fucking uh, you you just hate fucking the fucking <laughs> shirt,
1: I just hate nineties fashion in general,
3: I will say this though i i I wish that Kurt Wood Smith would have been amped it up and been the real jerk, real asshole. He wasn't as big of a...
1: He just he was just more creepy in this than anything. Yeah. And he was fucking hairy. I had no idea. My His goodness. fucking torso is like a werewolf, man. God, <laughs> he was a fucking hairy beast. Because he's wearing that silk robe and shit. He was just ugh. Speaking <laughs> of gross body hair, yeah, man. Sure she
3: was, uh, that's what I thought was funny when she walked in and caught him as like, oh, uh, <laughs> I bet she was really turned on. Nah, <laughs>
1: I really wish I just caught you jerking off. <laughs> um, and,
3: they, and if they did make it, if they remade this like now, uh, they I would amp up the creepiness. Like I would have her actually catching him, like beating off or something, you know, <laughs> into his own mouth. The the um, smear and the cum all over his face. The um, <laughs> well,
1: I did take the note. I bet Lambert was cast because of his fucking really gross, like half dead face that he can make. Yeah, like well,
3: that's all the time. Oh God! It was. <laughs> he has no emotion.
1: It's like he's got this like weird thing. He like his tongue kind of half hangs out, and he's like dead eyes with his like slanted down eyebrows. Ugh! And he's a sweaty mess.
3: He has like a, a a, 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 a I don't know if I would say like a big prefrontal lobe. Uh, his brow, like he he's uh, I don't know, it's like a lobotomy patient all the time. <laughs>
1: It, it, his hairs, but dead. I think
3: that's probably like I said. They they even said on like Wikipedia, it's because he can't see, so he has he looks like he's
1: cross-eyed a little bit on this. yeah or something.
3: Yes. I don't know, what the fuck.
1: But um, put
3: your glasses on, dude. But yeah, this was a pretty. <laughs> this is
1: this is a nice solid movie. I was um, you know, it's
3: it's I, not great, but I was no, surprised. No, it's it's a fun it? little
1: sci-fi. Just and it's and it's, and it's 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 gory at times. There's some gunfire and prison shit and fights and uh it's it's a it's a cool little movie, so we can get to our rating here
3: um, i w this is a hard one to rate it's one of those ones where the rating you know i it's not a goddamn great movie or anything mm-hmm. uh it was a surprise um i'm gonna say. Five point five but it's a good five point five but like i said if you if you haven't seen this and you watch it i mean don't i mean i i i feel like i don't i i don't want people to think that I'm one way or another like i think I don't want them to think that oh you know well, they really like this, and they watch it and they're like, well hell, that wasn't that great, or the other way that you know uh it's worth a watch
1: yeah i mean if the
3: I don't think I'll revisit it or anything but i mean.
1: If you like the elements of the movies we said this is kind of a, a conglomeration of, you'll have fun with it. I mean, it's a dystopian-type feel to the movie. It's a prison movie. It's got some cool like sci-fi kind of clony kind of shit in it. And it's, it's 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 got some good ideas. It's low budget, but it's 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 got Didn't corny stuff. Point, it's fun.
3: Wasn't there, uh, for some reason, I'm thinking that I saw Man-Ass... When they were coming into in prison the prison, and they were they were just coming in there at first, I think.
1: Yeah, there were when they were, they had to walk through this like hallway and and like if they had anything in their mouth, they had to spit yeah, in this thing. That's what it was. That was, you saw some ass in the background. I feel like there was a shower scene too. if there was wasn't, the there
3: needed to be. You can't have a prison fucking movie without no a
1: shower. No nudity at all. Yeah.
3: Yeah clifton collins they should have had an extended rape scene with him
1: or i bet i bet fucking wes's ass would have been all saggy just like his fucking arms were about this <laughs> <laughs>
3: clifton collins would just like sit on his chin <laughs>
1: uh cool i don't i'm gonna rate it a i give it a i give it a 6.25 i liked it i thought it was fun
3: well god damn yeah. show me up
1: i did um all right Why don't we take a break and come back and review Scanners. We'll be right back. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Guess That Riff. With me on the show tonight, my first contestant is Mr. Fred Nurk. Fred, are you ready to guess that riff?
0: I sure am.
1: Okay, here's riff number one.
0: Ah, that's It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC. Fantastic, Fred.
1: Okay, here's riff number two.
0: Hmm, that one is Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Fantastic, you're doing great, Fred.
1: Now, this one's a tricky one. Guess riff number three.
0: Hmm, that one is I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Fantastic, Fred. How did you know all those riffs? Well, I listened to Love That Album podcast. That's fantastic. Really? Uh, no. That's what you told me to say, Dad. Max,
1: shh! I told you never to call me Dad during the promo. Go to lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or type in Love That Album or one word into iTunes. Listen to Love That Album. It might turn you into a rock geek. Or you might just con your son into making pitiful promos for your podcast. 81. Zom Synopsize
0: Okay
3: Well god damn it
1: That's <laughs> 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 a very easy one
3: I know but I wasn't talking pants <laughs> I'll read it <laughs> A scientist sends
0: go. a man With extraordinary psychic powers To hunt others like him
1: <laughs> <laughs> You always get the easy ones uh, but this—that's
3: why I'm still single. <laughs>
1: uh, waka waka. This is uh, st- wow. st- starring um, uh, Stephen Lack as Cameron Vale, uh, Patrick McGuhan—I McGuhan? don't know who that is—as Doctor Paul Ruth, not Doctor Ruth. Well, it is Doctor Ruth, I guess. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer O'Neill and uh, good old baldy asshole Michael Ironside. Now, this is uh, he plays Daryl Revick, really fucking cool name, and uh, he is really a creep in this movie. He does the lip thing a lot, like the kind of face, <laughs> the fuck face. Yeah, yeah.
3: He's very young in this. This is the youngest I've ever ever seen Ironside. I've never seen this movie.
1: This is a, this is a good one. So he um, so with, with Ironside. Um, the only uh, the only other movie I've seen of his that might be older is the one where wait he was in Highballing.
3: Those when you high rolling. He was in Highballing.
1: Um, it might be uh, no, that came after. Visiting hours came after this, so this might be the earliest movie I've seen him in. I mean, other than Highballing, which is not his movie, but. Um. So yeah. But yeah, he, he's uh, he's the 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 titular balding creep. Um. He plays a a scanner. One of one of I guess many that you see in the movie. Um. And I won't. i'm I, it, <sighs> Some of this is going to be hard to talk about without spoiling certain twists of the movie. But it it can be said safely that scanners are certain people that are finding one another, but they all have a, a type of extrasensory perception. Um, some of them seem to be a lot, a, a kind of, is it, so what was the one, what was the Stephen King story that, uh, what's her face was in fire starter. What was her, yeah. what was her power called?
3: Uh, uh Pyro...
1: Pyrokinesis. Yeah. yeah some of them seem pyrokinetic. some of them seem maybe a little a little telekinetic they can all fucking like really fuck with your innards though with your brain
3: Oh, they'll uh, i think one of them's fucking with my innards right now <laughs> some bitch
1: ironside is right behind you making the making the sex face
3: making the fuck faces <laughs> yeah making you shit he your pants quality piece of hairy ass when he sees one <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, I coughed, <laughs> what? I coughed.
1: yo oh. Coughed um, right in the
3: middle of when I yeah I got a little. <coughs> what the fuck? You all right? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna hit the, I'll, <laughs> I'll hit the cough button, which means I take my mic and put it up in the air.
1: <laughs> the um, let's see. The so the early on you get uh you're introduced to uh, Cameron who I said was played by Patrick McGuhan. Now, I, I don't know him. Do you, I've, I I don't have never even not Patrick McGuhan. Sorry, no, uh Stephen Lack.
3: No, he wasn't in a lot. He's a uh like an artist and okay. I think it shows in his acting ability.
1: Yeah, he's not he's not great. He's a good-looking guy. Um he kind of reminds me
3: Oh, of, now we know what your type is.
1: Yeah, he kind of, he kind of reminds me of the um a little bit of the guy that plays Shooter McGavin in that fucking Adam Adams. Yes, yes, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see it. Oh, he was also in uh, Dead Ringers, another Cronenberg movie. So
3: I believe that he is Canadian. <laughs> Montreal, see. Quebec, Canada. So
1: he's probably can speak Francais.
3: Yes, Francais.
1: And uh, a man who is from Toronto, not we gotta miss that second T. Um, David Cronenberg is the director. This is his fourth feature, maybe.
3: I feel as though he might be an odd bird in real life. Probably he um, a strange, a strange bird and an odd bird. This is this is
1: certainly a I think the first kind of dipping the toe in the water for him with uh s- like science and technology. Uh, meshing with human anatomy. Um, obviously, he takes that a lot farther in his next movie, *Video Drome*, and *The Fly*, which came after that. But you know, this is kind of—I I, think—you know—with *Rabbit*, I've not seen *Fast Company*. With *The Brood*, that's more—that's those are more like just like you know, s- more straight-up horror movies. Where this has mm-hmm. a, a definite technological slant to it, which is pretty interesting. The the that he goes that way, but. So, um, it's different. I didn't look up the special effects guy, Gary Zeller, um, because he should be, he should be noted. Let me see what else he did. Um, Gary Zeller also worked on, oh, he, he did explosive effects in Dawn of the Dead. That was his first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and he also worked on video uh, visiting hours and other, uh he did the special effects in the last dragon that's funny Um, he's
3: no tom savini
1: he's no well he did work with tom savini so
3: yeah but he's no tom savini
1: he is definitely not i wonder what he looks like um not as good
3: as tom savini i'll guarantee you that (laughs) that fucker's a good looking guy
1: very nice i hear too
3: yeah he's muscular black hair fit young charismatic he played
1: i think it was him that played the fucking shop teacher in uh the movie i saw recently and was totally pointless for him to play that uh shit i'm gonna forget the name of that movie too anyway um but yes visiting hours is the other one he did he supervised special effects on michael ironside so um there's some this movie's not full of special effects um but the ones that are there are are, are they're they're really fucking creepy um Jeez. I uh, I watched I watched this I'd seen this movie before. I and I watched this with my wife this time.
2: Mm.
1: And I told cuz I I had a feeling she would like it. Now she she uh she hasn't watched the last like 20 minutes of it so she's going to have to come back. But the um she she didn't expect the scene uh the the well it's and this is not spoiling anything. She did, the head explosion scene.
3: No, <laughs> um, she's like No, You know, I had seen that just because it. I think it must be a f- like really famous for special effects. And yeah, stuff. and I'm, I know I'm, I'd seen that.
1: I wonder how close Zeller was to Savini, because in you know Savini had done a very impressive head explosion in Maniac, just maybe what a year before this.
3: Well, I saw him almost do a head explosion when Sammy tried to talk to him one time. <laughs>
1: Fucking asshole. So his
3: head, he, looked, he gave it this look like his head was going to explode. Like, get the fuck away from me.
1: God. But it's fucking, it's gruesome. I mean, He's awesome. He uh, Savini's awesome, yeah.
3: Oh, the- I'm serious, man. <laughs> he could whip somebody's ass from Kentucky.
1: <laughs> fuck, how dare he talk to Savini? I
3: mean, sometimes people just do not mesh, you know? <laughs> the it's not their fault. The no. chemistry's off, and you can't force it. It's like this guy in San Francisco. <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the But the head explosion is... It's a fucking highlight. Uh, I, I mean, don't
3: think if, honest to God, I don't think if your head actually did explode, it would be that... That yeah, was a goddamn... Like a, they have a watermelon, just a, it, a it big just watermelon. It
1: unfolded. It was just like... <laughs> it was bad. Um but yeah, Jane was definitely not expecting that. she's like, oh God. <laughs> she's like, is he gonna start like she thought she thought somebody was gonna start bleeding or something? And I was like, oh, just wait. <laughs> yeah, just wait. She's like, wait, I thought the other guy was the scanner, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it was really funny. So um the story is, um, well you got you got homeless guy, Lack, um, Cameron. Uh who uh he's walking around the mall and stuff and making old ladies have seizures and then you have uh daryl Revick, and daryl Revick is he's basically killing other guys that are have this scanning ability he's that's his thing and then you have dr ruth not the dr ruth but patrick mcguhan who he's working with a company and he's trying to you know figure out what this why daryl Revick's doing what he's doing and he studies scanners and their abilities and he's developing a drug to help them deal with their shit because apparently being able to hear everybody's thoughts at all times makes you a little kooky.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Make you kooky.
1: Um, and the fucking need a
3: professor X to take them and, uh,
1: yes, an amazing, amazing scene. I had loved this part when, um, this is when Cameron is being introduced to rev to Daryl Revick uh, being shown this old eight millimeter black and white footage. Um, and Ironside is at his sl- slimiest right here where they're interviewing him. And he's got this bandage on his forehead with an eyeball drawn in it. Like it's like, weird, like the mind's eye. And he's uh, it's because he's drilled a hole in his head to basically let the voices out. And the looks on his face, man, he's just like, oh man, what a creep. Really good scene. So um when I did notice when Lack was in the mall, uh there was a sign on the wall and I'm curious if this is a brand of corn dog, but there was a sign that said hot pogo and it had a little kid holding a corndog. So I wonder if hot pogo is a as a Canadian corndog.
3: I think it's a Catholic priest, uh like some kind of a name that they
1: <laughs> The hot yeah, pogo. Yeah. Little um,
3: kid come ride my pogo stick.
1: <laughs> so in the mall, I do. I, I really like the way some of this stuff is is uh oh. look out is uh, lookout, is, uh is set up. <laughs> um, Burn hole. This, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting way to um, that Cronenberg composes this one particular scene um, when Cameron is introduced and um, he's hearing these women women's thoughts like basically like look at this look at this dirty asshole in our mall like blah blah blah, and the guy he he kind of freaks out a little bit and he gives this old woman I guess I guess he causes her to have a seizure
3: well shit I mean you know uh, I don't know I mean so, uh, somebody just like walking around and there's a tray with food that somebody didn't eat and they just sit down and start eating half like a quarter right. of a hot dog that's left maybe
1: it, was a, maybe, it was a, maybe it was a hot pogo um, but yeah. he, but the, the way the shot is set up after that where you don't even see, you don't see her you see her at first kind of collapse from the table but all you see is her legs twitching as people are running around and it was really it really kind of unnerving I like that but um the whole intro with Brevik starting with the head explosion um so th- that's how he's introduced um he's at a i guess a corporate presentation of a guy who's like this really nerdy guy and they could have uh. they couldn't have gotten somebody better for it man it's it was he was the perfect guy to fucking have his head explode cuz he had a big old bald melon anyway and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but he, he's when there I first,
3: when it, when that scene first started up I thought that was fucking Ironside I was like god he's really young in this you know he looks different
1: <laughs> yeah he um, well this guy's like hey, do I have any volunteers I'm going to read your mind like real you know real nerdy and, and Ironside's like okay I'll come up and that's when he starts the really creepy looking like faces and stuff and the guys over there are just like
4: hey, you
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> these faces
1: <laughs> and then his head turns inside out Um, but they know what's up at this point. You know, the guy's putting on the thing. They, they, obviously they've dealt with scanners and they, uh, they're going to take Ironside uh, into custody. Uh, but this whole fucking intro with him is just, I I like it a lot. He, he fucks up that guy. He, he's being driven. They don't even let him sit in the seat. He's like balled up on the floor of this, of this car. And, but this, like the lights just barely shining on his face and the guy's holding the pistol on him the whole time i mean fucking the car crash the you know guys shooting each i mean it was it was really cool shit so um you will you will notice uh this movie is 81 but there's lots of nice 70s suits and big hair which mm-hmm. is always fun uh there's lots of not not body hair like kurt <laughs> the other one you don't see a lot of that but uh there's some definite uh the big sideburns, uh, Dr. Ruth in particular has got a very swoopy sideburn uh, hairdo, which is pretty impressive. Big beards and mustaches and stuff. So with this movie, you also get, and it's it's it ends up interesting that these two movies got paired up together. It's really coincidence because neither one of us really knew anything about Fortress. But um, the whole mind reading thing and the whole, uh, like, Corporate, con- corporate mind control. I guess it's interesting that both ended up being kind of related in that way too. Um, you have this company, Consec, or Con, not Consec. What was the name of the company?
3: I think Consec.
1: Was it Consec or Con?
3: I thought it was C O N S E C.
1: Oh, maybe was. Well, okay, Consec. Um, they, they're, they're trying to do their own thing, and that's the company that is the corporate. Uh, Thing that that Revic is at 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 the beginning. Um, But they're trying to do their own thing with scanners. I assume to profit off them, probably to weaponize people that can, you know, mind control and stuff like that. But it's just kind of interesting that both movies ended up kind of with that same kind of thing with, you know, not really owning your own thoughts and not really, you know, not being safe in your own head even, which is kind of cool. So Um, It's got a great... um, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe an anti-musical soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who did the... uh, There's some parts of it that are normal music, but there's some really uncomfortable just like electronic sounds throughout the movie. It's Um,
3: that real creepy, weird...
1: Yeah, there was the the high-pitched like beeping kind of sounds when when the scanning was happening, but even in certain parts, it would just be like this pulsing sound or there's a scene where... Uh, ooh, gross. The, where Dr. Ruth is trying to uh, train. <laughs> Dr.
3: Ruth. Every <laughs> time it I mean, you say that, I think it's some little old woman. I know, this I old Jewish lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take the
1: penis. The, uh...
3: <laughs> In the butthole. <laughs> but and the, swirl it around.
1: But the, and put um,
3: the ass to the, the mouth. <laughs>
1: Uh, but this like the part even with the heartbeats (laughs) which was pretty funny that he he, uh, (laughs) Dr. Ruth finds this like yoga master and it's this old dude with (laughs) with a mullet like this old white dude with a mullet it's not even like you'd think he'd be like Indian or something a a yoga master you think one thing but this guy's wearing this horrible brown tweed suit and he's got a mullet this old white dude anyway um that's his test for Cameron. He's like make his heart slow down and Cameron's about to fuck this guy up. And Cameron starts to he starts to realize what he can do too. Um I really like the scene when uh when he when he's tied to the bed and like uh Dr. Ruth brings all the pa- all the people in to just sit there and he's just fucking twitching and yeah. sweating yeah. on this bed cuz he hears like 50 voices at once of all these people that're s- the room is silent and they're just sitting and watching him twitch on this bed, like squirm around. He's just sweating like crazy because he can hear all their voices and it's driving him crazy. Um, and I guess they don't really go into a lot of
3: it's like a Skype party,
1: <laughs> me twitching like crazy. I gotta get off of here. The um,
2: <laughs> it's driving a cruiser
1: now. They don't really go into a lot of Cameron's background. Um, now that's not to say that some background stuff is not revealed, but like they don't really go into a lot of, of him, like of him realizing he can do these things. Um, even when he's at the mall, it doesn't seem like he has full control over what's going on in his own head. And maybe it seems like maybe recently it's only within recently, recent times for him that that's his, that this issue has arisen, has become a problem because he obviously doesn't know how to control it, but he's not going crazy all the time. So it may be, this is something that's getting worse and worse as it goes along. And the whole drilling in the head things makes me think of that, um, that one Aronofsky movie pie. Yeah. Pie. Yeah. Same kind of thing, but
3: I um, thought about drilling myself in the head.
1: (laughs) The, uh, another scanner that's introduced as an artist, um, I don't know about you. I really thought his artwork was really fucking cool. Um, Cooler
3: than his comb over. Oh god,
1: he did not look like an artist. He was this old dude with a fucking bad haircut. But
3: oh, it's bad. He he had this fucking these long strands, and I mean they must have been like, uh, oh I don't know, two and a half feet long, and he combed them yeah. from one side over. But you could tell he was bald.
1: I wonder at what point that somebody decided that a comb over was like the way to cover up bald spot. Even I mean for a little while, maybe
3: black Jack Lanza. But when you <laughs> always had a comb over like that. Well then, you know, he always wore a black cowboy hat, but when he'd take the cowboy hat off, he had that comb over. But then when he started, if you find pictures of him actually wrestling, cause he had the, him and Mulligan were a tag team Mm -hmm. he had that black claw glove and when he put the claw on he'd get the the crazy eyes but that fucking comb over (laughs) would fly up (laughs) and it was like real fly away because there wasn't that much hair there and it looked so stupid I was like dude (laughs) cut that off just be like have a bald even if you don't shave your head you look better with just the
1: just cut it short and be a little shiny on top oh it looked
3: bad Oh God! Oh, the he, fucking, but you like, know that's his cross to bear.
1: The alien claw, like he unfolding had Bobby across he your had
3: head. As a manager,
1: good old Bobby.
3: Now he doesn't even have a tongue or a oh, chin.
1: Yeah, he's bad off. I don't yeah.
3: know. They may have reconstructed it, but let's keep. Let's continue. Anyway, I, I'm diverting.
1: But yeah, his the guy's artwork because I, of I, my own
3: insecurities. <laughs> I, got, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I liked it quite a bit. The um, there's one particular piece in this gallery. So so. <laughs> dr ruth kind of he now that he i gotta call him something else (laughs) yeah call him something else uh we'll just call him paul dr paul um so dr paul uh he (laughs) dr ruth (laughs) mouth on the butthole the
3: (laughs) swirling around in the butthole into the the mouth
1: (laughs) uh the um
3: I wonder if she was like a little tiger. I mean, she was gross, but I mean, it'd be like, fuck. She
1: might have been, you know.
3: Might have been a little t- tigress she when she was young. Little... I'd like to find a picture of her when she was young because she was only like four feet tall. She
1: might have been very enthusiastic, just like grabbing your with yeah, Two little disgusting. tiny hands. Just, <laughs> like... The,
3: uh. Like, like, Hervé Villa It'd be like fucking Hervé shit with a wig.
1: <laughs> the, um.
3: Midget butt.
1: But, uh, so Dr. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Paul, Dr. Paul sends, sends Cameron. He's, he's finally got, uh, control, not control, cooperation of a scanner. And he wants help figure, you know, figuring out this Revik problem. Cause Revic's basically a terrorist. I mean, he's just going around mm-hmm. fucking killing other scanners. And, um, though, well, you know, he knows that this artist is a scanner and Cameron goes to find him. But the artwork like I was saying was really cool. Like the one particular, um, Uh, piece they show is the that kind of like wall of like melting faces almost Mm -hmm. and every one of them has a red line i guess it was some kind of rope or string or something but all going into the top of this one uh head that's in bed that just looks like he's in pain which is kind of a cool visual representation of probably what it felt like um he also has this giant head and his like because cameron goes to his house to um talk to him well, this house is just a barn, basically. But um, he's got this giant head, which at first you're like, "Man, there's a really fucking giant head." But he walks inside of it, and it, the whole inside of this thing is like, it's awesome. It's all cushioned, and like he can just sit inside. But it's a, it's a neat, uh, almost as a metaphorical like image of him. Like it's kind of a neat image of a scanner walking inside of a giant head that he himself has made, like being inside his own head, kind of thing. I thought that was kind of cool but all the cushions and stuff. And he has that great line that my art keeps me sane, like, we well, you know, what do you do? Kind of thing.
3: Steal hot dogs from, uh, <laughs> still, po- the mall. still
1: hot pogos.
3: Walk around the mall. Eat a pogo, half eaten pogo.
1: Um, so the, uh, there's a, um, the, as, as the story unfolds at this point, you know, you get more scanners in the story. Um there's a great effect before uh Cameron takes a um particular uh the scanner suppressing drug he's after he's visited uh visited the guy he's coming back and the voices are starting to come back and he's leaning against the wall but this time the voices are kind of in slow motion all distorted and it's a neat little audio effect they did Um and you know there's I'm trying to figure out how to talk about the I guess the last third of the movie without Revealing too much. The path, paths cross, um, and um, yeah, yeah. And, and you just find out. You, you get some history and you get some backstory and stuff like that. So, um, I, I want let to me, let me get you to fill in some stuff here. I, I don't want to talk too much about the plot. So,
3: okay. Um, I thought that um, at one time, you know, I remember back in like maybe the. <laughs> late 70s early 80s where they would have shows like um um not believe it or not well maybe like believe it or not or um uh, in search of and shit like that or these shows where they would uh even on like the the tonight show or something where they'd have somebody come out and bend spoons Right, right right or supposedly be able to do all this stuff and and um uh, because people were naive or you know or whatever who knows the unknown or whatever uh it, there was always this creepy stuff like you said like yo uh yogis and uh and and things like that and i think this kind of um because this is 1981 it kind of it kind of took from that um uh a lot of that which was all that stuff was almost like uh, like a bigfoot kind of a thing yeah. where it was the sensationalism of something that probably does not even exist but because of tv and the way it was presented i remember seeing stuff like that and thinking, oh my god that is so weird until i saw the amazing randy go on and say hey i'll give you a hundred thousand dollars if you can bend this spoon in a scientific atmosphere where a controlled atmosphere and these people would be like okay and then they couldn't do shit but anyway so i think it was kind of the it, it, the, the concept kind of uh, had something to do with that because it had that feel now um Stephen Lack that plays the 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 protagonist uh um he because it was it was f- weird because his lack of acting ability i mean as soon as I started watching it, i thought is it almost reminded me of and i can't remember if it was a movie that we did where the dir- the director purposefully i think it may have even been like a david lynch movie or something where they purposefully make people speak in a weird cadence or a strange to to give like a strange or an odd feel
1: well and yeah i mean even like this guy is not the greatest actor but i think he's he's properly cast for the role right. because of the of uh, because of his He's almost like disconnected from everything.
3: Yes, and that's and that's like when when I was uh, uh, about the uh, Lambert in the last movie about that that blank stare and that that way he talks to everything. Um, it's odd, but this is an odd movie, and Cronenberg is kind of an odd uh, director who takes odd projects. So I th- I think that him picking uh, a a inexperienced kind of uh guy who maybe you know doesn't have a lot of uh ability or something like that it makes it more strange his delivery and everything mm-hmm. and i think that even though okay you had like ironside at this time i don't think he was really a known person now jennifer the two main people that were, that I knew from this movie that were what I would consider fairly big stars were Jennifer O'Neill, um, who was in summer of 42. She was in the John Wayne movie, Rio Lobo. Um, she's very married. Attractive. She's like, married nine times Whoa! <laughs> by the time she was 44. She had been married nine times. Okay. So anyway, but she was very attractive and yeah. she had been a model and everything. And, and, um, um, she was uh, uh, in a lot of stuff when I was growing up. She was kind of an it girl. She was in the Force of One with Chuck Norris. Anyway, <laughs> but um, Patrick uh, McGowan was um, the, the TV show uh, uh, Danger Man. And then after that, the big one that really blew him up was um, um, The Prisoner. Uh, which, you know, it's... it's. I have the box set of that on VHS. Uh, he was an odd character. He also played the warden in uh, Escape from Alcatraz and a lot of other stuff, too. And a lot of people... And he was one of the first people that they were going to pick to play James Bond. Uh, and people th- always thought he was, like, uh, British because he has this kind of odd delivery and everything, mm-hmm. but he's actually American. Um, so anyway... Um I think by I think first of all Maguan um always kind of had an odd like I said an odd delivery kind of a uh, uh, he's kind of a strange cat a strange character um and uh Ironside I, everybody in this um I li- I sort of like the fact that they didn't have some like Al Pacino or something playing yeah. uh Cameron Vale uh, and, uh, or, you know, the, the big stars, because it's uh, when you, if you would see somebody like that, not that I'm sitting there watching the movie thinking, oh my God, this is real or whatever. But if you see like, if you would see like Pacino or De Niro or Robert Redford or somebody like that in the starring role of this, it would have just made it more big Hollywood. And it would, I think it might have taken me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Because they were people that I really didn't know that well. It's easier to get into it. Um, now, I th- I thought that some of the like cops or well they were some of, whether they were cops or security for Comsec. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were a few of them that I can't imagine that they were like trained actors. They seemed like maybe they were actually like cops or or something that were on the set, and they said, "Hey, you know, we'll have you play this part or whatever." Because they just were, and and like I said, and not and and that just kind of gave it more of like a quirky thing or whatever. Um, I liked it it almost if you looked at it in a uh, because I'm Mister Comic Book Comic Book Apologist guy or whatever. It was almost like you could almost say you were watching almost like a uh, I, I got the feel of like an X-Men thing mm-hmm. because Professor X and Jean Grey or whatever were always like they, uh, Emma Frost and everything reading people's minds and being able to that, like mutants you know and that's what this sort of seemed like.
1: And it makes me think of uh, and I'd, it's probably totally the, this book was totally stolen from X-Men most likely but it had a different kind of feel to it but the the Valiant uh, the Valiant book Harbinger in the huh? early '90s was the same kind of thing because the main there was this main guy um, Japanese guy that was a I don't remember the term used for it but basically he was telekinetic and and telepathic and everything and there was this one main like kid he was trying to I guess train who maybe even was stronger than him and it was pretty it was a, it was a really good book I liked it a lot when I was reading it when I was when I was younger.
3: I also got like a, um, almost kind of like a Kafka esque feel to this, like, uh, um, with, uh, the Lack character being this kind of a, I don't know if I would say like he was like a street person, but obviously he was like, you know, living off of eating people's leftovers and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, um, <clears throat> almost like him, uh, sort of maybe being like almost like an amnesiac kind of a person, and then there's this conspiracy going on around him, and especially when he was in the mall thing, the the food court or whatever, and he did that to the woman, and then he looks around, and there's these guys, and uh, that they was were like, waiting for him, yeah, yeah, a, a Kafka thing where the the gray men, the guys in the in the gray suits or in the in the uh, uh, trench coats. And they're they're watching and following and everything. And these guys, like you said, they're they're just there. And they're you didn't know what was going on. You're like, what the fuck, you know? And they're chasing him. And uh, the chase wasn't really a chase. It wasn't like they were <laughs> running. It was just like they were like walking after him. And um, so I, that that was kind of a cool feel. Um, but I liked the concept of it. That Lawrence Dane, who played Braden Keller, uh, he was um, he worked for. Consec mm-hmm. uh, he I, I don't ever remember seeing him I don't think in anything but he was fucking menacing I mean he was pretty pretty good yeah. uh, and Ironside like, like I said I think maybe because um, you know I'm used to seeing him when he like you know ball like uh, Starship Troopers and shit like that uh, uh, Top Gun the Total Recall whatever Um he it just kind of threw me that he had hair and it's funny we said we were gonna have the bald assholes and both guys had hair they're both young um and i thought the fuck faces which i called them the fuck faces but when when they're making the faces when they're doing like uh uh like battle inside their minds it was kind of funny i was like laughing at it um there were some special effects in this with veins. Oh, my God.
1: I don't know how gross. they did it, but it looked fucking gross. I loved oh, it. Oh,
3: so gross. <laughs> Especially, now, the arms were bad enough, but when it started getting on the face
1: <laughs> oh, and that shit.
3: It was so um, awesome jennifer o'neill when she first when they first showed her i was like damn she's she was a fucking good-looking woman you know mm-hmm. um she was a bit of a flake she accidentally shot herself in the stomach at nice. one time in her life <laughs> just trying look, looking to see if a gun was loaded uh, i guess um but yeah i remember her being like a really uh hottie um and now like i said but this is one that eluded me and i think that one of the reasons was um that i'm not a big horror fan yeah. and and I just kind of, I don't know. I didn't, I don't usually seek something like this out. Uh, I've seen Cronenberg, uh, a, a few of his things, and I've actually seen him as an actor, and, and he's an odd looking fucking guy, you know. <laughs> um, but like History of Violence, Eastern Promises, some of the, some of the newer stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked, uh, it, he always seems to, even in movies like that, which aren't, uh, sci fi or anything, uh, he, um, is down with the like uh gore as far as violence, like um somebody getting beat up and somebody kicking them in the head and their head like you would see like the skull crush or something like that, and he'd show a close up or just kind of a weird guy <laughs> i' like to, I don't know what goes on in his head, but it's weird um anyway but i I actually really like this, like I said i mean to me uh there were some things toward the end that um in some ways i was like okay now this is kind of ridiculous where uh mind and technology uh kind yeah, of yeah, in, yeah. in a in a thing like that but all but then i also when i was thinking that and how fantastical it was, and and like you know not plausible, uh, or at least you think it wouldn't be, or whatever. I started thinking about the World War Z thing, and you know people saying, well, you know you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that, and it's like, okay, it's a sci-fi kind of horror movie, so they can do whatever they want.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and if you if it you know when it comes down to it, both are almost they're they're both the you know both mind and computer are. <laughs> ultimately guided by electrical impulses so if you can control one you should be able to control the other right
3: so I just kind of you know just go with it and and uh, I, I for some reason I like uh, uh, the the concept of of these guys, whether they were mercenaries, security, or whatever, and they would send these guys out, and they were hard-ass guys with, like, fucking pump shotguns and shit. The,
1: and, the, and, one, they, the, one, the one, I like the one, the van they had, it looked like the A-Team van, which was Yeah, so like,
3: like <laughs> 20 guns just pop out. That was kind of weird.
1: But um, And then the, and for some reason, the rest of them were riding around in a school bus van, which crashes into this record store, and this record store had so many copies of Frank Zappa's uh, "Shake Your Booty," <laughs> nice. I saw that that fucking thing was everywhere in that store.
3: But but it it almost you could see it. Like I said, almost uh, being like an X Men Origins thing, where mm-hmm. like the these cops or or Thunderbolt Ross or something is trying to bring in Magneto or the Hulk, and th- how I I loved how uh, the guys would show up with these guns. And they'd have them on them or whatever, and then the next thing you know, they would do something to them to uh, disarm them, <laughs> de- defend themselves, or make them do things to themselves and shit like that. That like uh, the, when they were driving down the road, and um, uh, I almost said Kurtwood, um, Ironside is in the car, and and he's like he makes the guy driving the car like just start Dri- driving and the and and the guy's partner is like you know turn the wheel turn the wheel or i'm going to shoot you know you know they knew that they were on? dealing with something but you know how would you deal with that so can, it was, yeah, it was that fuck. was kind of a cool concept that you know okay you might have these guns but all of a sudden none of that shit means anything you you pretty can't, awesome yeah now, now uh i do like you know like the dart thing uh um uh, where it's almost like a uh, capturing an animal they have to they shoot them with dart guns and the next thing you know they're like <laughs> you know and they go down. but anyway I really I enjoyed it I, I it's not something that it's like in my wheelhouse yeah but I'm glad I watched it I thought it was good I, I uh, it was a, it was just a, odd they I think they because they I think they could have just went a certain way with it but he even tacked on like I said the technology stuff Yep. And and just really went to weird extremes that kind of made it more intriguing to me. Yep. And the um whole thing of uh things not being really transparent. Right, right. I like that. I like that um nothing was black and white. Or you know, I I don't know. I like. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, but that, it's, that's, it's hard. I, to, like, it's hard to yeah. talk about. But anyway,
1: um, we can rate it. Um, I've I have seen this before. I, it is. It's probably one of. I think it's my. It might be my favorite Cronenberg movie. I've liked this one quite a bit. I don't know. I mean, I guess Videodrome is is higher up on the list. But I've always liked this one a lot. I give. I guess uh, I give this like a. Uh, eight point two five.
3: Yeah, I was going to say eight point five. I really liked yeah. it.
1: I'm I'm always impressed by this, and the, uh, it's doesn't go over the top on the special effects, and and I've al- I've said before, like with time travel stuff, I'm always a sucker for it. This is another thing. If it's ever like like the mind control stuff, it's always very intriguing to me, and I've, I'm always into this kind of stuff. Like with comic books too, that same kind of thing. I'm always well, in, I think into that um, stories
3: when when people when they did do those tv shows you know where they would show a guy bend the the guy from russia who could bend spoons mm-hmm. with his mind and stuff like that, that it 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 is an intriguing concept and that you know you know if, and what if somebody could do this what if somebody could read your thoughts or whatever or like
1: or like yeah. dark city have you ever seen that
3: i that is raven's favorite movie that's a, uh the wrestler and i've never seen it, it so see I, but it, when i heard him say that it was his favorite movie i've always thought about you know I'd, i i I'd like to see this you know because i bet you it's weird
1: it's a, it's it's a cool one but it has some of that same kind of thing in it like controlling things with the mind and stuff like that i've, I've always i like that one too so cool uh we got a well you know what i'm gonna say 8.5 too, just to match it because I, I really do like this one so we'll go double 8.5 on this so awesome Let's, uh, let's take a break and come back and do some feed sacks so I can go to
3: bed. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Sack it up.
1: Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main,
6: the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film.
1: Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punta. One, is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema, the other day is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just just getting confirmation. It's just that's the third time though. I mean almost, this is is this on. You can find us at csvsp.libsen.com. So come and share the victory. If
5: you can- man
0: in film, who would it be and why?
1: My answer is Lance Henriksen.
0: he wouldn't tell he looks like somebody
1: (laughs) he looks like somebody who can keep a secret listen to that song under a certain state of mind. <laughs> Time for feed sex.
3: <laughs> oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> that would be a good one, man. That shit's great. Boards of Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was Liam's choice. Sorry, the other two choices this week. Uh, Patrick, new on the boards, chose that Mojo Nixon song, the dick on the leg thing. And uh, Dylan, I <laughs> haven't seen him around a while he did the, the Shin song, the second one we did, so alright.
3: These Feeds. people pop in and out of our lives.
1: Yeah. Where is Aaron, by the way?
3: Uh, <laughs> who? Never I don't heard.
1: Know. I've never heard of him. Next feed what first feed sack. Um, I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read the email first. We'll let this music continue in the background here. Hopefully it doesn't run out. Um Alright this is from Bugrom, or Eric, on the, on the, he's on the Facebook group. He did the whole uh, A to Z list recently. You might have read through that. Um, Hello, fellas. I have been a long-time listener, but this is the first time I feel compelled to send in some feedback. I would leave a voicemail, but I don't have an appropriate gimmick. So here's an old-fashioned email. Uh, man, come on. Everybody, please don't feel like you need a gimmick. Um... With the recent continued flack from certain elements of morons who hate the show, I just wanted to let you guys know that there are those of us out there who really do value your efforts. I find that you guys are the most entertaining podcast out there that manages to bring a smile to my miserable face even on the longest day of work when I am listening. Uh, I guess some people can never understand a joke and will just assume that ultra-liberal fellas like yourselves actually don't hate women. It's amazing to me. It's almost like they only ever listen to the jokes took them at face value and never listened to any of your episodes where you have real talk about gender issues racism gay rights and what other social ills the films you uh you review bring to light while i may disagree with some of your commie tendencies on all the important social stuff you guys are always spot on anyone who listens should know that i guess you can't always please everyone though if if people can't deal with the amac and dream death de roth, baby burping farting they should just move on Being some sort of evangelical idiot spreading the word to larger groups like the GGTMC group members and iTunes reviews about how bad silver and gold is just seems over the line to me. Anyway, that's enough ranting. I was surprised to hear that you guys liked League of Their Own better than Field of Dreams. I guess Field of Dreams was a movie that my father and I could bond over with when it came out when I was 10 or 11 since baseball runs deep in our family. I think Eric's actually a Philadelphia Phillies fan and they are playing the Red Sox this week, so... Um... Maybe I just saw A League of Their Own Too many times In too short a time frame Since every time There would be a gathering At a girl's house That movie would somehow End up on TV For a few years there
3: (laughs) Oh what do you mean by that?
1: I don't know Sounds like he's sexist Uh, That's kind of bullshit He hates women It's a good movie But ugh (laughs) Keep up the good work And know that A lot of us really appreciate What you guys do Every week for free For the benefit of all of us You guys should do A Kickstarter Or set up some sort of Other donation program Eh, maybe I just I just had to pay my. Uh, speaking of which, I just had to pay my hosting bill recently. So, uh, best regards, Eric. So thank you, sir, for that. Thanks, man. Hey, that was good timing. I think the song just ended.
3: You know, you got people out there that want to, you know, be bitches and cunts and shit. And, <laughs> you know,
1: fuck them all in the butt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> fuck them in the butt. Fuck them in the butt. I'm gonna fuck your, the shit out, out of you. All
1: right, all right. You some more feed sack that we're used to.
4: Hey guys.
2: Oh, it's not family. that
1: used.
4: Um, I want to thank you for the atonement you did of your Dolly episode by doing the baseball episode, because I assume that was an apology for saying anything mean about Dolly Pardon. Mm-hmm. But um, regardless, thank you for the baseball episode. Enjoy life, yeah. um, the ride, dude. Um, field of dreams. Yeah, small thing, I know, but it's. Uh, the jet me. what can I say? Um, when you were talking about it being a very male film, something I never really thought about is the daughter character. And, like, it would have been much easy. it would have been very different and easier, I guess, if they just made it a son. Um, but at the same time, like, they kind of treat it very separately, I guess, as a daughter, because, I mean, he could be teaching his daughter how to throw himself, but he's not, and I don't know what the choice was there. But anyway, um, other thing being, Leave their own. It's great. I'm glad you guys really enjoyed it. Um, two things that always bothered me about the movie. Um, these are the only two things that everybody else thought was perfect. Is, um, yeah, the Tina Davis old woman at the beginning. It is, it's another actress but it's her voice and uh, I find that really creepy. I don't know about you but I find it very creepy. <laughs> I didn't even and know then her. And the other thing, okay, this really bothers me in the movie when after they take Kid out of the game and Dottie's like, it was an important game. It got us into the playoffs but there's only four teams, so you're automatically in the playoffs. <laughs> It wasn't the end of the world series. It, it really always bothered me in terms of just plain editing. Anyway, it um, was great. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I think Kit used to to be annoying, and the more times I watched that movie, and I watched it a lot, um, the more, I think, important it is that she is that character and that what happens happens, because I think that in the part that Do- Dottie is kind of just perfect and doesn't have to work at it, but also doesn't love it the same way and Kit's always trying it, and- Got that little sister syndrome. I don't know. All that stuff. Thank you. I enjoyed the episode. Um, But you shouldn't be recording while driving. That's all. Be safe. Bye.
1: The deadly doll, ladies and gentlemen. She's wonderful.
3: Yeah. See, not all chicks are fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Just most of them. Ah.
1: That's, That's wrong of me to say that. Thank you very much for that. Um,. Yeah, they um and I was also surprised. She was surprised that or uh, maybe oh no, Eric said he was surprised that we uh we liked League of Their Own better than um Field of Dreams. I was surprised that Will hasn't seen any of those, so
3: see from Canada. They don't know nothing from baseball.
1: They did have they did win the World Series a couple times. Oh uh, yeah. Nineteen ninety what, two and three? <laughs> <laughs> and then the expos actually were really awesome after that and the poor expos until, until the strike shortened season. They probably would have won hundred and ten games that year and the fucking the, the season ends and then they they're never good again and they leave. <laughs>
3: how many Canadians played on that team? Don't Tell know.
1: Me that. Um we we looked that up the other day on the Blue Jays. Digital? We yeah. were we were looking up uh how many Canadian players they had like three.
3: <laughs> it was like it's like how many American players play on American NHL hockey teams.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. Um, all right.
3: Whatever. Whatever. Will's all right with me. I don't care what you know, you or anybody else
5: says about it behind his back.
1: <laughs> oh, <fucking sighs> uh, next next feed sec.
5: Hey, oh. This is a of luck. Wow. Wow, wow, wow! This is a fucking it. Oh, fucking stone cold Steve Meatball. Fucking you know, people are like, "Sly, fucking head, just don't go talking about your latest so, episode I'm like, yeah, I fucking heard it, but what? I didn't understand a single word he said, you know, he fucking oh, so full of fucking bear and talking so fast, I could fucking make out sure what he said, you know, he's fucking <laughs> talking about fucking a like, rock right, with shit or something, you know? But yeah, you know, it's just another fucking meatball. Not understanding the deepness of life, man. You know, he's too busy drinking fucking shitloads of beer to fucking appreciate a good fucking musical. You know, you got fucking 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 voice, man. He's like, Stoker, put on some fucking loose fitted pants, man. You fucking, it sounds like you fucking. Your fucking dick is just getting squeezed into oblivion, you know? You probably haven't got a, that big a dick, but so there must be some pretty tight pants to wear, you know? Sly, he's got a big dick, you know? He's fucking even wearing normal pants. is like, pretty tight around his fucking dick, you know? He's fucking, there's not much room, but, you know, it's still going, It's not much there. He's, like, fucking taking all the steroids and shit, you know, like all the other wrestlers Fucking you know, so he ain't got much of that. It's fucking, he's wearing super tight pants, you know? It's fucking, he's like... <laughs> Sounds just like him. Fuck you, son. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit what you say. You fucking, <laughs> your opinion is not valid. You know, fuck you. Just fuck off and go on making your shitty fucking movies that, you know, don't make as much money as Rhinestone. Rhinestone is the fucking greatest action movie of all time and made billions of dollars. <laughs> I fucking had a successful fucking album, fucking musical career out of that. I didn't pr- pursue that road further, because, you know, I didn't want to step on my brother Frank's toes, you know. He he has to earn some money, so, you know, I thought I'd leave him to be not quite as good at sly and fucking music and all that shit, but, you know, he does all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got fucking Dolph Gordy, you know talking about how Rocky Falls a musical, you know? that <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out, but oh, yeah. recently in fucking Germany, they fucking... I've just fucking got my Rocky musical going over there. You know, the Germans, they love my fucking Rocky movies. They love Sly, they love the muscle. They're fucking... You know, it's great. It's fucking, I can't wait to roll it out across the whole world. It's going to make billions of dollars. It's the, the fucking... Greatest, uh, fucking action theater musical of all time, you know, it was fucking Rocky, you know. I uh, I didn't have time to fucking perform in that, but, you know, it would have been fucking great, you know. I could have come on and done all the Rocky songs and done, you know, an encore, done, like, drinking Drinkenstein and some of the right shit. Yeah, you know, people would have fucking, you know, people go wild for that shit. Maybe I'll do that. You know, put out uh, a special fucking show just for you guys. You know, you come to my basement, I'll fucking, you know, we'll walk out for like 12 hours or so, and I'll fucking do some <laughs> fucking singing and shit. You know, fucking good times, man, good times. You know, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you guys get out with your show, you know. You got a lot to talk about, you know, but uh, so you don't have to fucking listen to Stone Cold fucking... Fucking meatball whining on again. Yeah, I'm sick of hearing <laughs> that guy. He's fucking. He's just a turd, man. He's just a fucking turd. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh.
3: Uh, uh, Allah. <laughs> you know, didn't uh didn't Stone Cold break Sly's back when they made the Expendables <laughs> in really? real life or something? Uh,
1: he might have. Maybe that.
3: like cracked his vertebrae or something in his neck.
1: Jesus. Maybe it's, 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 you got to
3: make it look real.
1: I think uh, I think Stone Cold's feeling bitter. He didn't. He could. He didn't have an Owen Hart to uh, take it out on anymore. He had. To,
3: yeah,
1: had to do it on somebody else.
3: I think that if I had the money that um, Sly had, the billions of dollars, that I would fucking uh, get a stunt man.
1: Well, you know, he's tough. He's got to do his own.
3: Yeah, see how tough you are when you're fucking sitting in your recliner and your neck hurts so goddamn bad that you can't fucking. Uh, HG,
1: HGH makes that heal though, really. That's quick. true. It grows right back, but vertebrae grow right back together.
3: It makes your your skull continue to grow.
1: <laughs> Next feed sec.
0: Silver and gold. It's bad. James here huh, from Australia. Oh God. <laughs> I thought I'd class up the joint a bit this week. <laughs> music behind my voicemail. So how does it feel, gentlemen? Do you feel classy now?
1: I'm touching myself.
0: Oh yes, I can feel the sophistication just explode through me like jolly good. giant exploding things. Yes, yes yes, yes. It was brought to my attention a couple of weeks ago that there was a certain miscreant of society talking shit about my beloved silver and gold. <laughs> yeah, it appears that silver and gold is a little low brow for his tastes. Not, a, not enough highfalutin fifth-fath in there. But, you know, there is this ladder of podcastery. And at the very top of the ladder, we have shows like The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Now, they have the word gentleman in their title. Of course, they're going to be complete gentlemen. And never talk about dirty, dirty things ever, ever on that show. I know, I've listened to it. It's very, very, very upper crust. But silver and gold sort of is more down to the bottom of the ladder. So (laughs) you get to the bottom rung of the ladder. Well, silver and gold kind of removes the ladder and digs a giant fucking hole. And they sit at the bottom of the ladder. (laughs) So they're not exactly lowbrow as they are... Low, 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 brow That's just the way I like my silver and gold So, tish and pish to you, sir And go fuck yourself
1: I think I just popped a zit on my shoulder It's
0: gross
1: Uh. (laughs) He called in again
6: Silver and gold, it's bad James here again Calling in uh, semi-serious voicemail this time Seems like every time I call in, we're just being dickheads and doing silver <laughs> voices. And, you know, being, having general good fun on the show. So that's one thing I love the most about silver and gold is silver. I still say silver, don't I? Uh, still like an American. Um, fuck, fuck you, I'm gonna anyway, I don't care. From now on, to me, it's silver and gold, okay? That's the we Aussies say it. That's silver the way my daddy says it. And it's worked out pretty good so far. <laughs> but... uh <laughs> But yeah, this is one thing I do love about Silver and Gold is all the characters and people just calling in and fucking around. I mean, I know it must grate on you guys after a while, but I really get a kick out of it. And I bet i
2: uh... really many folks where
6: it's kind of silliness. I mean, I listen to about 30... About 35 different podcasts a week. What? Um, in the shed. My job sort of allows me to listen to a lot of podcasts, so... Um, there is no not one podcast I've ever listened to has the level of silliness in their voicemails as what Silver and Gold does and that's kind of a unique thing about the show that I really really love so don't worry about all that fucking shit you know I don't want you know I don't want my uh, Silver and Gold being all puffy shirted and smart and there's plenty of podcasts out there where everyone's just oh yes I'm a critic and I don't know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) I don't know what the fuck I'm ever talking
6: about. I like you guys to do what you do best and just keep it up the way you're going. And to have this general tone... Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) What happens to my sound? Anyway. You still there? This thing went all quiet. You can still hear me? Anyway. I just wanted to talk about... Uh, the movies you're doing this week Which is Fortress And Scanners Now Fortress I can't remember a lot of I Sorry guys I uh, Saw it back in the day And I watched the fuck out of it too I loved it and, and my friends and I I can only sort of remember The prison Itself And like The collars that they wear And uh Pregnant woman running That I thought was pretty funny <laughs> Um, guy getting a hole blown through him that was awesome (laughs) this massive fucking hole I think it was uh, Oh, that Australian guy what's his fucking name where's just come to me now um Gibson Vernon (laughs) Vernon Vernon, someone I don't know Vernon he was in Commando anyway played uh the other name I can't remember the bad guy (laughs) Charles (laughs) <laughs> <Bennett>. <laughs> he played Bennett. I can't remember his name. Vernon something. So played close. Him. That's just disgusting for an Australian not to remember another Australian actor's name. But anyway, uh, yeah, he gets. Uh, I think it was him. He gets a hole blown through him, and the funniest thing. Spoiler was alert! Jesus. Camera's looking, ah! looking through his body, and all I could think was, the only thing holding his upper torso up. There's the sides of his stomach? There's no spine there. It's just blown. Away. Yeah, he would have. He would yeah, probably have
1: fallen in half.
6: Collapsed. I've always been critical thinker, as you well know, with
1: Prometheus and such. Movie so, ruined. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that.
6: Even at uh, uh, sixteen, when I saw the film, I was still. You know, I nothing's changed. I guess.
5: Still his um, mom's Scanners. Basement. Now, there's a movie <laughs> that fucking fucked jerk.
6: me up in my youth. Quite heavily. Uh, I got two older brothers. One's four years older than me. One's five. And I used to watch some pretty serious, fucking heavy shit back in the day. I watched Alien when I was about seven or six, and I think Scanners was around the same time. That explains life. Just the cover of that movie scared the fucking bejesus out of me. You know, the guy with the veins popping out. And Jesus Christ! I had a real problem with the uh, white eyes thing when I was a kid. It just creeped the fuck out of me. Even, uh, even that bright eyes fucking film clip by... Uh, I'm not wearing good names tonight. Anyway, fucking doesn't matter. White eyes used to scare the fuck out of me. So even the cover scared the shit out of me. But that head exploding scene in Scanners really... Even now I watch it and it's just like, holy Fuck, Man, that is some wicked effects. Really awesome. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. There was a. I've been on a few sites where there's. I think it was Palaver back in the day when uh, someone there it might have been Ed Yerky Robbins. Uh, he uh, had uh, Avatar, which was just that guy's head exploding. Oh, I remember know. that. <laughs> it was the most disturbing fucking thing. Whenever he posted, and I'd see that there, it was just. Oh, Dude, like, it's a, it's a great piece of effects. And Michael Ironside in that movie, he's the master of the evil look. He's an evil-looking motherfucker, you know? He, he's perfect for the bad guy role. He's just, like the baddest of the bad. I love him. You know, so I fucking love that guy. Ironside's great. The guy who played Cameron, he was fucking a bit of a wet blanket. But, uh, <laughs> he was great, so... No, Scanners was a great movie. I uh, do really love that film, so... Um and Loaf, you were talking about uh, Iron Man three last week. Now oh, I kind of I brought this. I was on.
1: He called it. He called it Iron Meh three.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I brought this up on a series and talked about it last week. But um, I liked it, but the tone was just bizarre to me. It was very Oh bizarre. bizarre. It was very tongue in cheek, kind of like army of darkness compared to evil dead and that's that's how i put it it's, it's just all comedy uh, but it's still good stuff. not enough iron man action but uh, it's pretty good i enjoyed it It was better than the second one the second one's a fucking piece of shit yeah so uh that's about it keep it up guys i love the show and um i shall talk to you again when i'm talking to you
1: bad james we kept getting these weird, like, stereo uh, like sound effects from him, like these bassy kind of...
3: Uh, it's the acoustics in his mom's basement. <laughs> He's an internet bully, <laughs> and that's, you know, all he'll ever be.
1: What a fucking piece of shit.
3: In, no, internet tough guy. Ooh, internet yeah. tough guy.
1: Ooh. Man, my nose won't stop running. It's getting, starting to hurt.
3: Oh, God. Maybe you're being scanned.
1: Maybe I'm getting sick. Yeah, it's not bleeding yet. I don't
3: know.
1: And that's it for Feed Sack. <clears throat> you can always send us Feed Sack to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or to silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. My dog is having a nightmare. He's barking in his sleep. Hang on. Did you hear that? <laughs>
3: it sounded like a uh, 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 young girl's.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, Hello. dog. Yes, dog. Yes. Um sounded like a dog. <clears> it sounded <throat> like <clears throat> um so uh two zero six three three nine six hundred at silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us uh <clears throat> voicemails to that too. Um find us on iTunes at silverandgold.com and on Stitcher, and also join our Facebook group or leave our Facebook group at Facebook dot slash groups slash silva and gold. Um, next week on the show, um, we're going to do a couple of... We're going to do some Shaw Brothers genre mashups. Pretty specific. Um, we're going to do The Stranger and the Gunfighter from 1974 with Lee Van Cleef and Lo Le. Lee, Lo Lee, maybe? I don't know his name. And... We're going from also from nineteen seventy four. We're going to do the Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. So we're doing a kung fu western. Yes, this has uh, this has Peter Cushing. So,
3: Cush, he just turned uh, one hundred. Did he really? Yeah, I don't know. I, that wasn't planned, was it?
1: He died a long time ago.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I know, but I mean, he's dead. <laughs> but you know,
1: the uh, so yeah, we're doing kung fu horror and kung fu western. Should be fun. Ah, uh, I gotta go blow my nose. Um, I think that's about it for us this week. I'm gonna go and am we
3: better call it a day. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get up and shit.
1: Um, well, if that's it for you, that is it for me, Zom. Do you have anything else, sir?
3: Yes, I would just like to say to all of our fans out there, our loyal listeners.
1: <laughs> this is loaf
3: oot and some